0: opening drive podcast
2: on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
3: sunshine lollipops and rainbows everything that's wonderful is what i feel when we're together brighter than a lucky
4: good morning everyone welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We got a text this morning. Brooke, Carey, Randy, At 7 o'clock your time. Check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We got a text from the 636 at 649 that said, Uncle Randy, I'm having a rough week. Would love to hear rainbows and lollipops to open the show. So we take care of the listeners, the best listeners in sports here on yes, 101 we ESPN. Yes, do. Uh, and thank you very much for listening and I hope, uh, hope you your week improves hope here. it goes better. Yeah, I hope you have a good Friday yeah. Eve and then yeah. a good Friday and roll into the weekend and you're happy. And we're all happy because the Cardinals are just so good. They are. Brandy. Oh, they might have the worst record in the day. But, <laughs> but, uh, they're good.
1: Was that an Eeyore moment
4: over kind there after was. sunshine and lollipops? Yeah, kind of was. But you know what? They're battling their way back because it used to be back in the day, they were, what, four, five, six games behind Colorado. And now they're uh, right there in the hunt for 14th in the National League.
5: <laughs> but. On the bright side, they're only six and a half back in the division. This is crazy. That is, it is, it is, it's absurd. Actually, that's why the, yeah. there are some words for what this division is that we probably can't say on air. But mm-hmm. fortunately for the Cardinals and and not having a great month
4: to start off the season, they're they're right there. Yep. And by the way, by the end of today, and the Cardinals play the Dodgers tonight, the Cardinals could be in thirteenth in the National League. Woo! So that's here that's here come improvement.
1: The that's I mean. improvement
4: it is we have quite a show for you coming up uh greg Amzinger is not going to join us he's going to be with us tomorrow morning he told us i think last week or the week before that he's playing golf literally every single day so <laughs> said, said he's going to walk it's across the street a much yeah. cooler yeah. reason <laughs> yeah it's much uh,
6: cooler he's opening a barbershop. but in the
4: eight o'clock uh-oh. hour brooke and i had a chance to see a great documentary last night it's called It Ain't Over, and it's about St. Louis and Yogi Berra. You'll have the opportunity to see it in theaters starting tomorrow. But we're going to talk to Sean Miller, the executive producer of It Ain't Over, along with Yogi's granddaughter, Lindsay Berra. We're also going to talk to Chip Carey at 845. we got that one set up. And Bob Costas, who also is part of the Yogi Berra documentary, is going to join us at 915. Bob also has the call tonight for Major League Network as the Cardinals do take on the Dodgers. This on the heels of the Redbirds' victory last night at the ballpark. 3-0. Uh, and, Kerry, you were there. Matthew Libertor making his first start of the year. Randy, he looked really good. I mean, his
5: curveball was working. He His breaking ball was – they were off balance, the, the Brewers' hitters were, and, and it looked really good. It looked like a well-pitched game, a well-caught game, a well-called mm, game. There you and go. Make sure we, we get that point out there because Wilson Contreras was behind the plate it just look, yeah. He's the, he's the DH that's kind of going back and forth. And I, I don't know if you heard of him, Rock. He's a DH. They paid eighty seven point five million dollars to. That's gonna catch, to catch from you. time to time. Yeah. Uh, but he did a fantastic job um, talking about Libertor, just keeping the and and the thing that I I noticed most, he didn't seem like the moment was too big for him. We understand what this moment is for him personally, what it is for the Cardinals, but what it is for him personally, this is an opportunity to get a job and I mean by job I mean being a starting in the starting rotation for the rest of the season and he went out and proved why he should be in that starting rotation
1: well and he's been here before right we've yeah. seen him before and the steps that we that he has made moving forward we were talking about that yesterday before the game Ali Marmol told reporters that Libby's fastball got hit a lot when he was up here prior um, but that seems to be the difference for him yesterday I mean it like he was like pumping 98 I feel like at one point mm-hmm. it looked his fastball Looked really, really good at six Ks across five scoreless innings, and the way that the bullpen was able to pick up and carry yeah. that on too was just huge. And
5: and I was gonna say the thing when you're talking about that 98, the drastic drop off to throwing 78. When mm-hmm. I tell you in in person, you could see how off balance those batters were, sw- batters were swinging and missing.
4: It was it was good to see. It was fun to see the run support that libertory got starting in the first inning came from an historic hit. And here is Nolan Arenado on the ground. That's slowly hit toward third, bobbled, and everybody's
7: safe. And the Cardinals take the lead.
4: Nolan Arenado's 1,000th career run batted in, and the Cardinals had the lead. And congratulations to Nolan. He's going to have a lot more. Yes, oh, he's going to have he's a pretty good RBI Yeah,
1: I, I feel like even though his home run streak was ended, barely, barely, yes, <laughs> but still, it, it's just that. We've been talking about how much more comfortable and confident he looks out there. It's a huge difference from what he looked like in April. Oh,
4: you talk about comfortable and confident. How about this guy in the sixth inning?
7: Fly ball center. Wiener going back. Still going. Track. Wall. She is gone. All is forgiven. It's three to nothing.
4: That was a home run by Paul DeYoung, the, the great Paul DeYoung. <laughs> so in history, you've got Cal Ripon, you've got Derek Jeter, you got Ernie Banks, and then Paul DeYoung. He's number four on oh the Mount gosh. Rushmore of at shortstops. <laughs>
5: Did you forget there's a guy that played here? I don't think I heard his name.
4: No, you didn't. <laughs>
5: Is the I mean, he home runs like that? <laughs> <slapstick hitter>. He's <laughs> arguably the greatest one to ever do it. <laughs> he's a Andy? Judy. You, uh, that's
4: what Milwaukee that's oh. uh, and would call him, a Punch and Judy hitter. Come on. Oh my he's, a, he's he's one of the greatest ever. <laughs> Paulie D is, are you leaving Paulie D I, off the I'm ball gonna, rush? I'm going to have
7: gonna
5: to displace I'm, Cal Ripken? I'm going <laughs> to. And I have to leave Pauly e. D off the Mount Rushmore of shortstops for the time being. Give me, give me another ten years of this, and we can discuss it.
1: You, you have to. I look. I know you're joking, obviously, but you have to give Paul DeYoung credit I for do. what he's doing right now because I think we all were like, okay. He usually when he comes back, he starts out a little bit hot and then fizzles out, and we're all like, okay, what is happening here? But the fact that he's been able to do this on a pretty much consistent base, a consistent base, is huge for the Cardinals and huge for him. I mean, even if he stays, goes, whatever, it, the value of him right now is huge.
4: And we all knew, anybody who's rational knew, that the physical skills were there because he did it. He's done it in the past, and he was just domed up. And hopefully he's able to avoid that and mentally approach hitting the way that he has since he came back from Memphis. So you're in the ninth inning, and you've got a 3 nothing lead, and this is how it ends. A little pop towards
7: short, and that's going to do it cardinals win this series they shut out
4: milwaukee and the final was three to nothing and a terrific performance by matthew libertor
7: and a great opportunity for matthew libertor strike 396 in a paint job good start for libertor one up and one man down his fastball has always been good ollie said it's a different looking pitch maybe that's an example Swing and a miss. How about that start? Three up, three down, and about 12 pitches. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Leverett some two-out trouble, but strikes out his third man. That time, the breaking ball on time. Look at where that was delivered. Breaking ball frozen. Strike three.
4: Strike three throws him over the outside corner. Six strikeouts. Chip carried the call last night on Bally Sports, and Libby ended with six Ks in his five innings of work. Palante, Gallegos, and Helsley all with Yeoman's work. By the way, Gallegos threw 36 pitches and Helsley threw 24, so the likelihood would be that they aren't available tonight, and no pressure at all on Adam Wainwright as he goes against Julio Urias of the Dodgers because the Cardinals need seven out of their starting pitcher tonight.
1: Yes, yes. I I mean, I think that this whole move that they made with bringing up Matthew Libertor was huge. You give the starting rotation more of a break, you're going to move forward with the six-man rotation because you have a long stretch of games here. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to give Libby this chance, and he made the most of it with that yeah. first opportunity, I know that we're going to talk a little bit later about yogiisms too, but I felt like Libertor had a yogiism of his own last night where he talked about he put on some weight during the offseason, 20 pounds, to add some strength, and he said... You can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Didn't this, that feel that feels like a
4: yogiism yeah, almost? it does. <laughs> yeah. Good job, man. I like that. So, Paul DeYoung, against Corbin Burns, by the way, going yard. Yeah, I just uh, thought he,
7: he had me in the first couple of bats. I was a little late starting. I was kind of behind, chasing him around, and took a fastball um, that a strike three that you know I should have done something with. Bases loaded nobody out, so... Just uh, try to start a little bit earlier and see the ball up front a little bit better and put a good swing on it. And Just uh, thankful that uh, our pitching staff did what they did tonight, and, you know, we got enough.
4: His fifth of the year, a five sixty-one slug now for Paul DeYoung and an OPS that is, let me do the math here. That would be six seventy. Well over nine. Nine seventeen. Yeah, there you go.
5: Well, the he needed that shot. He needed that hit because he was two for twenty-one up until that point. And mm-hmm. and the thing about Paul De Young that we have seen in 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 recent memory is if it starts to go bad. It tends to continue to go bad, so I think that home run will hopefully get him back on the right side of things mentally and allow him to uh, to feel a little bit more comfortable at the play because I think he was he was kind of going down a, the wrong path for a little bit there.
1: Well, and that's what I was going to say too is that you know you you do worry when he gets in these like little slumps yep. because we've seen that before, but still. It felt different with him, right? Because it seems like he has figured out at least something. And he's brought this up when he when he was brought back up and he was kind of hitting on a more and more consistent basis where he just felt like he's simplified things. We, how many times have we talked about that with Paul Dion in the past, where he had too many different voices in his head? It felt like more of a mental thing than really his ability. And the fact that he's able to work through these problems, I think is a huge upside for him right now. Maybe not putting him on your Mount Rushmore yeah, of shortstops. I don't, I don't <laughs> oh, think we I
5: thought you were going to say he figured out the art of pitching.
8: Oh, oh the, <laughs> the art of, of hitting. The art of hitting. Oh, you're yeah. Yeah. Limer-
4: liberator with the art of pitching.
8: <laughs> had a uh, discussion with Nolan about how important this game was last night. And uh, it was nice to come out and help the team secure that series win. Uh, you know, I put in a lot of work this off season. I gained a little bit of weight, showed up this year a little heavier than I have before. And like I said prior to the game, I think just being built up in spring and letting my body be conditioned that well uh, coming into the season really helped.
4: Yeah, it's uh, you had a couple of miles an hour. You go from a 92, 93 to a guy who is, as Waino told us yesterday, they told him down in Memphis that... Libertor was regularly sitting between 96-99, and and as you mentioned, CD was able to change speeds, keep the Brewers off balance, and the Cardinals take two of three in the series.
5: It was a really good night. For your first start of the season, for what this team needs at this moment, and and again, personally, what it means for you as a player, for your career to to go out there and perform in that manner and not he didn't look he didn't look shook, he didn't look uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He looked like a guy that had been doing this for five, six, seven, eight years and, and very comfortable in that moment. It was it was really fun to watch.
1: Well, and also too, so do you guys want to know how he gained the weight and how many calories he ate a oh, day? Do I you. wanna hear it. Forty three hundred calories a day to That's add twenty pounds during this winter so yeah. that he could have, and I quote, so that he's able to you can't shoot a cannon. Out of a canoe. Also, he had another good quote about his weight gain too. Legs feed the wolf. Oh yeah, I, I, I like these yeah, quotes listen. that Libby had never skip leg night. day.
5: <laughs> Legs <laughs> allow you—you're you're from the ground up in mm-hmm. everything you do. It all starts from your feet on up. Yeah. And if you're able to have strong a strong base, anything is possible after that. So, I want to find out about this diet by the way. You the want to try 40, this $2300. funny. Yeah, right. Listen, yeah. Randy, the the thing with that is you have to be working out consistently otherwise it just kind of it'll it'll sit on you and you'll feel you won't feel good.
1: I, <laughs> so I I'm sure he did it in a healthy way but somebody from the 636 texted in. We won the Randy A trade. LOL.
0: <laughs> oh, did. And we did.
6: That just makes me wonder how folksy is Peoria, Arizona? Like the he's, he's, he, he's throwing out these quotes like it's like he's like he's from Mississippi or something. How how folksy is Peoria? Arizona, Arizona has people
4: from everywhere. Yeah, he, that's, that's what it is. He's yeah. big
1: on like working with mental health coaches, meditating. He's huge on that kind of stuff. I don't know if he's still
4: implemented in the past,
1: but kind of sounds like it because those are some quotes, and that's I like them.
9: Strong stuff.
4: <laughs> NBA playoffs last night. Jimmy Buckets with 35, the heat over the Celts. Jason Tatum had 39 and 7, but the Celtics looked like they had the heat on the ropes there in the the Last couple of minutes, but Miami wins game one, uh, one twenty three to one sixteen. I'm at, I'm at a loss for words with this Miami team. This is a team where,
5: if correct me if I'm wrong, they were Jimmy Butler and Spoelstra were almost in fight. Mm-hmm. They were almost fighting on the sideline, and and Spoelstra like oh, we were just talking about dinner. Like, this is normal (laughs) in their culture. I personally love it. You got Udonis Haslam, who hasn't played a minute, but he's been on the roster for 20 years. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that keeps everything in line, in order. And Jimmy Butler, when you think of... you You can think of the Miami Heat in terms of, you know, LeBron and, and when Shaq got there, D-Wade. But D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam, those guys are Miami Heat. That is the Heat culture that Pat Riley brought Pat down Riley. from New York and the mindset, the the mold of basketball players that are tough, hard-nosed, mm-hmm. and not going to back down from anybody
4: or anything. And that's why
5: they're having the success that
4: they are. And when LeBron tried to get Eric Spoelstra fired, Matt Riley said. (laughs) No. No. Eric Spolster's your
5: coach. Deal with it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And he's still there. He's he's pretty darn good. The Eastern Conference finals in the NHL begin tonight. Panthers and Hurricanes, you'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. As a matter of fact, we'll have every single Eastern and Western Conference final game for the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YOHO. Sick of It, is next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: All right. Here on 101 espn this was a segment that started if you're a new listener a long time ago because bradley beal was scoring 40 points every single game and his washington wizards were still losing and so one night he scored 47 in a loss and his wife went to the social medias and said just wrote three words sick of it and so michelle thought it was more sick of it and i thought it was kind of a valley girl sick of it so that's where this all started and that's why we have this very segment so uh brooke why don't you get us started what are you sick of this morning
1: well you know i i was going to go many different directions but i feel like i just talked to you guys about this during the break you know what i'm sick of is people coming after patrick Mahomes for his brother's actions hmm. Jackson, I think we all know what he's doing is not good. I have not once seen Patrick Mahomes endorse his brother or say, like, I'm sticking by him, you know, all that kind of stuff. You could say, is Patrick maybe possibly funding this lifestyle? They come from money. You know, his dad also played professional sports. Jackson does have his own social media following, which I assume brings in income as well. But basically, I it was I thought it was just like a fine tweet that Patrick Mahomes, just with the NHL kind of move that's happening with the Coyotes, he tweeted out like, basically like, wouldn't it be nice if we had, you know, the Coyotes here in Kansas City? This girl replied, who is a social media, I guess, intern, has a job or something in Phoenix. And she said... Maybe you should focus on keeping your little brother out of jail and less on our NHL team.
4: Hmm. That's kind of weird.
1: That's a lot. She yeah. is the director of social media of Phoenix Sports. Yeah,
5: sounds a little personal. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anytime you attack someone that that you would ask who hurt you. You know, especially on yeah. social media, someone that you don't know, someone you've probably never interacted with, or maybe she has. I don't know. But the, doesn't it way.
1: seem like sometimes too that Patrick Mahomes has such like a good perception in the public that people want something not oh yeah, to like about you, him? they
5: want to t- build you up to tear you down. That's just yeah, that's the world we live in. Randy, uh, about once every two to three months, I give you a similar sick of it. So I'm gonna gonna revisit this one. If you're driving and you're driving at a pace behind someone and you're going really fast i'm sick of you because <laughs> i will slam on my brakes i don't care about my bumper i don't care about your bumper we if you decide that you want to run up behind me and be that much in a rush i'm not i i don't i don't there's a car in front of me sir ma'am i can't go any faster you going faster is not going to make me go faster. It's going to make me slow down. So if you're driving and you have a little bit of road rage understand that there are people <laughs> that have more road rage than you. I could be one of them. So please, I'm sick of you all. I right here on Olive earlier this morning on the way in, someone just was speeding. And as I as I was able to get over, I just kind of glanced at him mm-hmm. like, "Sir, we will both be late to work today." <laughs> we will both be late to work today. And it's it your fault not mine. It is all of your fault. <laughs> (laughs) But I'm going to make it our problem if you do something like that again. So I'm sick of people that don't know how to drive driving at rapid pace behind other people.
4: I like that one a lot. (laughs) Guys, I sit here a lot, and I understand that Cardinal fans are entitled. And I complain a lot that people don't recognize that only one team can win the championship every year. I am so tired of NBA owners not being able to to figure that out, good coaches like Doc Rivers and Monty Williams and Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer, who just won a championship two years ago, have been fired. You know what? Only one team can win. If you lose DeAndre Ayton and you don't have anybody to defend Nikola Jokic, you know what? There's a pretty good chance you're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, take care. Of you put it on the players, right? It's <laughs> if you have Joel Embiid and James Harden not showing up. And by the way, that's not the first time James Harden hasn't shown up in a playoff series. Daryl Morey, you're the guy that brought him in. You should be the one blamed. Yeah, I love Chris Paul. I love James Harden.
5: I think they are, you know, they are Hall of Fame future Hall of Mm. Famers, obviously. But their inability to either stay healthy or come up big in those Mm. moments, I will never put that on a coach, man. All I can do is call the plays, bro. Make a play. Yeah, make a play. Help me. Help you. We both look good when you do,
4: brother. <laughs> do you think that Nick Nurse regressed from four years ago or that Mike Budenholzer regressed from two years wow. ago as a coach? Are they coaching any differently now? Well, uh, Nick Nurse
5: lost Kawhi. There you go.
0: There you go. That matters. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Lowry
5: is no longer yeah, that bad. Those things matter, right? Yeah, when you got do. good players, you usually win. <laughs> when <laughs> you <laughs> don't just think. It's amazing I to feel me. like I'm starting
1: to put together now why your feelings about LeBron are kind of happening, too. I feel like I'm, I'm starting to put put this together more and detail. more about, because I feel like you obviously are a Michael Jordan fan Oh yeah, because you appreciate the supporting cast that was around yeah. him as well too. With LeBron, I feel like a lot of his image and what he puts out there is it's him.
5: Oh, yeah, that's probably that's probably true about how I feel. I mean, it it, it does feel like that, even though in Miami Dwayne Wade was one yes. B, if not, you know, he was one A, LeBron was Dwayne Wade was one B. Yeah. Why is Matthew Rocchio's face looking like that? He cheers for oh, the hockey-led Denver yeah. Nuggets. Somebody already texted in have about that too. <laughs> a fight in this argument. You don't you don't have anything to say. You don't have a you, you don't have a leg to <laughs> stand on. you know, here, well, Rob. you
4: got your microphone because the text line is open. So what do we got? <laughs> uh, what do you got for us, Matthew? You don't even have to read the text. Just tell us what you're thinking.
6: Oh, I just I think that's that's a I, that's a ridiculous
4: characterization of LeBron James. Oh well, Michael only got one for coach fired. LeBron has had multiple coaches fired. Mike Brown twice. David Blatt. Uh, can we give him? Can we can, can we
6: give him like? I was okay with the David Blatt one. I can't blame him for that.
4: So you think players should be firing coaches on a regular basis? No, I don't, but okay. David Bly
6: was a bad coach. <laughs> yeah. Just saying.
1: Start with the top text, Rocchio. Oh, uh, okay. I um, us my name wrong, but that's fine.
6: 636, six. I'm sick of Rocchio rooting for a Stan Kroenke-owned team. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean,
5: I think we all are in agreement there.
4: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Stan Kroenke, as we all know, is the most... Hated villainous figure in the history of our town, and the one person that likes him happens to be in our on our show. <laughs> Tanner likes him too. I'm sick of it. too. Uh, I'm <laughs> sick of my son. He
6: just gonna throw T Bone <laughs> under the bus like he's not even here. The man's a Rams fan. I have no problem. Oh doing my that. god! Sick of T Bone softball games four to five days a week and not eating supper until nine thirty at night. Now is that what your contract
4: calls for? Listen, it's, you know t- your your contract with that softball team calls for you to <laughs> play four or five times a night. The, I'm
6: guessing sis, T Bone softball. Probably means okay, oh little, little kids. kids yeah little kids Here, here's the okay. here's the thing son and daughter
5: my son plays baseball he's had games that start at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. that don't end. they're they are hour and forty five minutes oh man oh Pitch oh clock? man no, no sir <laughs> <laughs> not at all <laughs> and there are nights where we don't get home till ten thirty that's amazing wow yeah it, it is it's amazing that's a that's a good word yeah it's fun but I mean there's 10 Does so <laughs> homework, homework before or after the game oh you gotta do it before yeah it'll never get done after
6: yeah, Why? i you? wasn't in bed by 10 like by ten thirty, when i was 10 years old i was like my parents wouldn't have been that's having tough,
1: that and then getting up early that's oh, what yeah. i'm saying right school the next yeah, day. that's rough man i
6: don't think in high school but man that's sleeping they're 10 <laughs> Randy. Yeah. The kids are still in the car right now. Oh, sorry. Um, Sick of it. Dog owners that don't pick up after their own pets. It's always the small dogs, too. I have a 70-pound Shepherd Mix, and I always bring XL-size disposable bags with me. Sick of it.
4: Agreed. Agreed.
1: 100%. It's so simple, right?
4: Yeah. It's it's so
1: simple. Your dog.
4: They make bags.
1: Do you remember, we talked about this word, do you remember when dogs poop used to just like disintegrate because they had calcium in it and Uh everybody just, what was the brand? And everybody would get it. But remember, it would literally just like turn into dust, basically. Somebody will know
4: on the text line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And them. they
1: changed that because they realized it's probably not good for probably
6: dogs. Not good for the dogs, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, probably not. <sighs> um, sick of it. I don't like the pitch clock. It's the most transformative act in baseball since banning juice. They should have just kept the juice, and no one would care how long the games were. Oh, I think the pitch Randy, the clock did you is awesome. That in? <laughs> no, I not You
5: you, you <laughs> talked about the I, juice I, yesterday. I like the juice. Yeah, you not like it the pitch here. clock. I'm not sick of anything. <laughs> I'm all about action. You want, you want the juice and the pitch clock. Yeah, hit home runs faster. Yeah, big fellas.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Uh right. Sick of it. Seven a.m. start times. Maybe we could all just start the day at seven thirty. I agree.
5: Oh, uh, seven, well, eight. Uh, if you're gonna go, so you might as well go eight, right?
4: So, I, <laughs> if we're gonna do it, I gotta tell you guys. <laughs> and I'm always enthused about coming into work. I enjoy being with you guys. I enjoy doing the show but the one thing that i really have no trouble waking up for is to play golf on a on a morning like this you know it's, i i can wake up without the alarm you know like i i can hit chips late at night before I, uh, which like OJ was allegedly doing the night before, oh, my. but uh, I, I can be <laughs> chipping in my yard. Oh my the God. <laughs> oh, I didn't do anything other than that. I, I, although he didn't either, according to him, but that's a whole different story. We, we can. <laughs> but anyway, then, uh, yeah, I cannot get much sleep and then I can be enthused about playing golf in the morning. I have uh, to wake up to my alarm when I come into work. I promise
6: this is not for me. Sick of it. The LBJ slander on the opening drive is out of hand. Randy and Carrie, I thought you guys appreciated greatness. Every he LBJ was. teammate has said publicly he's the best teammate
4: they've ever had. He was never elected. He was Kennedy gets killed, thank and he so was never elected. This. So ah, thank can, you so much ah, for you oh my God! Ah, <laughs> so Carrie, how can how can we say that LBJ is the greatest? It's the greatest of all time. I mean, don't you? Doesn't the greatest of all time have to be elected by the people? Yeah, generally speaking, right? You should be. Yep, and then he didn't run again.
5: Yeah, he just kind of fell into the office, right? He right. just yeah. he just ended up there. Yeah, because yeah, taking him out of office. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so, I, madness.
4: Yeah, I refuse to say that he was the greatest of all time.
5: He, he was still a president, so you, you still consider uh, that? i give him that, okay. but I mean,
4: was he better than Lincoln?
5: He's not on the Mount Rushmore of presidents,
4: though. No, he's not. No, okay. Not at all. Oh. LBJ. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for answering it like that. I'm happy. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> you guys didn't think I knew presidents, did you? <laughs> Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we've got our Brooke, Carry Randy, and Matthew on 101 ESPN. The Warm weather means homework
10: for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri or online at hackmanstl.com.
11: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
0: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
0: We are flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals This is Bird Watch on the
4: Opening Drive All right let's see if we have our little bird sounds ready Oh me
5: There we go. CD. All right, Rock. Good job. Um, I'm gonna go with Matthew Libertor. The the start that he had last night, as I said, you know, just watching him live and in person, being able to hit ninety-eight and drop down to seventy-eight, keeping those Brewers hitters off balance. He had a it was a fantastic job what he did yesterday. And the moment, as I said, for him. Knowing what this moment means for the Cardinals staff, knowing that pitching hasn't been as great as you would like it for the entire season, and to have an opportunity to come in here, pitch five innings, get uh give up only three hits, get three get six strikeouts, he was upset that he walked three batters, which is good to know mm-hmm. because he uh he performed really well. I wish in that sixth inning he hadn't walked that batter, uh Adamas, I believe it was, because yep. I would I wanted to see him finish out that sixth inning, and had he had he not walked the Adamus lead the inning uh, the off, I think he would have been able to stay out there and, and go out and give you a little bit more. And he, he, he had this quote, my overall goal is to be more consistent with everything. I've done that so far this year, and I'm planning on continuing that. And watching him yesterday, he was extremely consistent. And I thought there were a few pitches that uh, Wilson Contreras framed really well that weren't called strikes. Um, You know, those things happen, but he didn't get flustered. He didn't get frustrated. He just pitched, grabbed the ball and threw the next pitch, which you want to see from a starting pitcher, from a guy – going out there every fifth day and having that success. He did a great
1: job.
4: Yeah, I loved what he delivered last night.
1: This is a huge opportunity for him yeah. and the Cardinals. We talked about that a lot yesterday, but especially after this outing, they need him to perform like that, right? Because you're trying to figure out the starting rotation as you get closer to the trade deadline, but also looking ahead to what the starting rotation will look like next season, and you hope that this will continue for him. So my bird watch... Is going to talk about all the moves yesterday. There was, there was a quite a bit of movement happening yesterday in, involving Matthew Libertor, him getting called up. But also, you had James Nell option to Memphis. Then you had Dylan Carlson placed on the 10-day injured list. So that's something to watch. Paki non moved to the 60-day injured list. And then you also had Oscar Mercado selected from Memphis. And this was kind of like a big full-circle moment for him, nearly 10 years after he was drafted by the Cardinals, finally getting called up. And it's been quite a journey. Apparently, he can. Play Play all three outfield positions. He started out as a shortstop in his career. But something to kind of watch for is that Mercado is out of options. So when the Cardinals decide to activate Tyler O'Neill and or Carlson, they'll need to either DFA him or option one of Yepes, Burleson, O'Neal or Carlson.
4: I would be pretty comfortable if I were the Cardinals in DFAing him and having him clear waivers, and it's you don't think anybody would pick him up? Not at this point. And like yeah. you said, Brooke, ten years since he was drafted, and they traded him to Cleveland a few years ago. He actually had a couple of years where he was a full time player and had one really good year with the the then Indians. But if I were in Mo or and by the way, Moe's going to be with B Ferrari Ferrario today at one thirty. But if I, I I'm in the shoes of Mo or Gersh, all due respect to Oscar Mercado. If he gets DFA'd, I'm pretty comfortable with him bouncing back to me.
1: And it's it's tough, right? You love hearing those stories of somebody finally getting a chance, especially after a long journey like that. But at the same time, it's just kind of business. And he even was asked if his parents were going to come and see his debut, and he said that they're actually going to Philadelphia to see his sister graduate. So oh. that, but you know, that's just the way that it goes. Sometimes it's just the nature of the business.
5: It, it is the nature yep. of it, and and you. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that was a surprise to see him being the one that was called. I, in. <laughs> we,
1: if you would have given me a lot of options, I don't. I can't say that, that it makes sense now when yeah. I see it. It does make sense, but I I wasn't thinking that at the time. I was like, okay, well maybe Luke and ba- Baker, maybe you know some other guys as well. Moises Gomez too. I mean, there were some other names I thought of first before Oscar. But either way, hopefully it works out. <laughs>
4: Guys, I'm going to talk about Paul DeYoung, and the offense is obvious, right? He hits his fifth home run last night. He's hitting two eighty eight, he has a nine seventeen OPS, but one of the things that we forget is that this is, for all the bad things that have happened for the Cardinals this year, the perfect storm, because in addition to being a hitter that appears to have simplified things and is hot Paul De Young is an elite defensive shortstop right now. He's only played 19 games and he is 18th or 16th now in Major League Baseball among shortstops in defensive runs saved. To give you an idea, he has 2 defensive runs saved in 158 innings. In more than twice as many innings Wander Franco leads Major League Baseball with 6 defensive runs saved. De Young is even with Ezekiel uh, Duran of Texas, with John Birdie, who's played 220 innings for the Marlins, with Xander Bogars. Xander Bogars has two defensive runs saved in 363 innings. DeYoung has two in 158 innings. This is a guy that probably over the course of the time before the All-Star break will be right there at the top of the defensive run save list among shortstops. So the Cardinals kind of lucked into a situation because Gorman while improving is not great at second base. Brendan Donovan is a nice Swiss army knife, but he's not a gold glove second baseman. Tommy Edmond is a gold glove second baseman. And Paul DeYoung is a gold glove quality shortstop. So your defense up the middle when you have a healthy Dylan Carlson is going to be great as long as DeYoung can stay hot offensively.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing too. And it, you know, he was going through a little bit of kind of a slump there where, you know, as you mentioned, CD2, where it's like, uh oh, are we going to see this kind of happen again? We've seen this whole song and dance with Paul DeYoung before. But here's the thing. Whether you want him to stay with the Cardinals or not, I think I feel like a lot of fans are kind of scorned with how things have gone in the past with Paul DeYoung, wondering if he was given too much of a chance. Either way, you want something to work out here because it's going to benefit the Cardinals. Whether you can put him together in a package deal for a trade or he just stays here and continues to do well, I would say trade would be a little bit more likely. Wouldn't you think, Randy?
4: No, I don't think so because you I think
1: they'll re sign him.
4: Well, no, he's got two option years left after this year. So I, I could, it depends on what happens. I would be because of the presence of Mason Witt, I'd be really surprised if they picked up the option. So, but after next year, but this year, if you're trying to win, I think you have to have the guy. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think that with all due respect to Donovan and Gorman, Gorman playing second, I don't think that your team is good enough to go on. a And I still wonder about the starting pitching, but I think you give away too many games. And that was a big issue before Pauly D came back was the Cardinals were making a defensive mistake every night. Sometimes it wasn't an error, but it, it was just a defensive miscue that cost them, and those seem to have calmed down significantly since he he got back to shortstop.
5: Yeah, well, I want to say this: we talk about Nolan Gorman and and his inability in the field, or, or maybe not as good. He made a play yesterday that was absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. on the shortstop side of of, of second base, mm-hmm. getting over there and saving a run and making it, it was it was a spectacular That's two play. Two games in a row. row. Yeah. So yeah. As, as much as we he's starting to come into his own, we we understand he's probably the. D.H. going forward, and that's going to be his role. But when you have to put him out in the field, if he can make plays like that, mm-hmm. you can trust him up the middle. Um, that, that, that was an outstanding play right there. It
4: was. I think that he has a chance to be a really solid second baseman. Tommy Edmund is elite. Tommy Edmund and Colton Wong in his prime were the two best guys. That's why I think this defensive infield with the young and Edmund is the, the best one. If And if you have Edmund and Gorman... That's not bad, but when you have DeYoung and Edmund, that's elite, yeah, and that's then, the difference for well, me
1: and I know that we're all waiting for Mason Wynn. he is twenty one years old, so he's still he's still pretty young. I wonder how long that they will need to see him down in the minors before they bring him up. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with Paul DeYoung and what he's doing this season, too, as you mentioned.
4: Right. And hey, as we saw with Jordan Walker, maybe it's a good thing for the Cardinals to get guys more seasoning before they bring him up and know what they have. I hope they have people actually watching Mason win at the minor league level so that he's not here for a month. And they say, oh, we want to change your mechanics.
1: Please, please.
4: They've done that. It has
1: happened. <laughs> oh, <shoot>. I've
4: already <laughs> forgotten about that. <laughs> That's the bird watch on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the air comfort service. Text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo, take it or leave it. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something?
4: Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, and we welcome your texts for Take It or Leave It. I don't know if you guys saw it yesterday, but did you see that with a pregame throw, Diamondbacks right-hander Zach Gallen killed a bird? Yes. Take It or Leave It, he's still really mad at the Cardinals for trading him. Oh. oh. Take
1: it. I'm going to take it. He was thinking about, was it a Cardinal? Because then that's Probably. even more suspicious.
4: Yeah. Didn't Randy Johnson do that? He did, yeah. yeah. There's a great video of it. Yeah
1: great video. I don't Boom. want to see Oh, that.
4: yeah. Randy Johnson Randy bird. Johnson. Just to yeah. go to YouTube and the bird just oh, explodes. It it's I, unbelievable. I
1: get really upset seeing things happen to animals. Oh. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing in this room. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I can't do too. see it. It freaks yeah. me out.
4: I, I hate it, too. That being said... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on a golf course with a guy one time, oh, no. Scott Manziaro, who is our producer. He's probably listening right now. And uh, there's a bunch of geese. And he, with his drive, hits a goose in the neck. And Ooh. I said, oh, you got a birdie. <laughs> not the one he
5: wore. You, you got oh, to be careful with those geese. Oh, they, oh, yeah. they can become very aggressive. You should not... Uh, bother no. them. And that's was goose, by the way. It was, it
4: was fine. It's, its neck swelled up a little bit, but it was fine running around. It's mm. Flying, I think. It was good.
5: So, uh, <laughs> Randy Burke. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even heal four. Uh, I don't think he had to. I don't think the goose would have understood <laughs> it if he they did. Not. <laughs> so, we give Kawhi Leonard a lot of credit for this, but take it or leave it, Jimmy Buckets is really the king of load management.
4: I'll take yes. that, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> the <taking>. one
3: doing <laughs> it
5: correctly. Yep, he is. Totally He'd take it. Just save everything for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. A bad I like
1: that. It's working out, that's for sure. It oh, shows sure up.
5: working out well.
1: Take it or leave it. I I had two, but I think I'm gonna go with this one. We had Wayne on yesterday and we were able to address the hard-hitting question of what's going on with the hamburger phone. Take it or leave it. I don't think it's coincidence that once the hamburger phone arrives, that things are starting to do really, really well. And I know that there's other factors like Wayno returning and his leadership, and Nolan Arnato doing better at the plate. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it has a lot to do with finally you have a home run celebration like the other teams, and you have a, a hamburger phone, and it I seems like, like it. they're having more fun. Brooke in the it dugout, right?
4: Doesn't have a just a lot. It has everything to do with the celebration. <laughs> That's how you win in baseball these days, is by having a great celebration and the hamburger phone is everything.
1: It is. You gotta have
4: fun. Yeah. If you're not having fun, then you're 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 wasting your time. And especially if you have a young group like this because yeah. the Cardinal veterans are, they're professional and kind of even keel. So to have and by, by the way, Miles Michaelis, who gets credit for the, was it, Bueno said Miles?
1: He said Miles gets credit for finding the hamburger phone, I okay. believe. And then the elbow celebration was Paul Goldschmidt.
4: Yeah, which is cool that you have a couple of veterans because normally it's the young players that are doing it but the young players need to stimulate the older players and ha- have it be fun all right Matthew what do you got the Cardinals have
6: mostly kept the same lineup every night take it or leave it people need to listen to Kerry more when he preaches take, I take that
5: yep. I mean no clearly
6: question. clearly I, I have a yep. little bit of a clue
5: yeah Kerry's own
4: players need to do that
5: oh uh, you know what Randy <laughs> we have a new rule a couple of my seniors have a new rule I ask them, hey what's the rule Whatever Coach Davis says is the truth. It's, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> they they have they, tried it on their own, Randy, and have, didn't have much success.
6: So I, when they do dumb stuff, I'm like, hey, I told you that was gonna that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> Coach, you're right. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Jordan Walker should be up here in the big leagues, especially with the injuries, learning adjustments to the big league pitching, and making his mistakes now, so that next year he can come out ready and
4: be just like Nolan Gorman. Leave it. Take it. Uh, I would like. I think they've messed him up, so I, I want him to be fixed by the time, either to their or his satisfaction by the time he comes up, mm. because yeah. if you can't ask, I don't think you can ask a guy to be change trying to change his mechanics at the major league level.
1: No, I well, and the thing is too. You but you could argue he's around some of the best hitters you have Paul Goldschmidt right there you have Nolan Arnauto as well so maybe being around those guys could help you but of course they're going to be focusing on their own game it's just it's always hard to just you know reason with the fact that we know that he made the opening day roster there was this huge fanfare about it and then you send him down and then his numbers are not doing well it's hard for me not to believe that those things have a lot in common right mm-hmm. I mean that has to do a lot to you mentally as a player to have that huge moment you think you're doing everything right you have a historic hitting streak and then you slump just for a little bit after they said that they're going to stick with you and then you get sent down and his numbers haven't been great really in the minors yeah, I know oh, he had a great game Sunday but
4: yeah. over oh, for 4 last night yeah. and uh, on uh, Tuesday night he did go 2 for 4 with uh, let's see uh, yeah, just two for four, a couple of base hits. So he's he is struggling down there, and it's kind of unfair to bring a guy up when he is struggling to that level. Uh, right now, minor league baseball this year, he's hitting 200 with a 613 OPS. That's not worthy of be, being called up right now.
1: No.
6: Take it or leave it. Cardinals get to 86 wins and win the NL Central with that. hmm
4: I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'll. Well, eighty-six wins might win the NL Central. I guess I'll take it, but eighty-six is a, a tall order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they better. The rest of this month, they better rock and roll, <laughs> because I like that. Yeah, as the season unfolds, I mean, it's there's gonna. I was looking at the schedule. Hold on, let me let me get the schedule for you. In I think it's right around the All Star break, June, July. Um, Okay, actually, it's uh, okay. It's, it wasn't July. There's a really tough stretch coming. Oh, uh, here it is. Um, in August, you've got the Twins from the AL Central. Then you get the Rockies to come here. Then you get the Rays. You've also got the Mets. You've got the future National League champion Pirates, Phillies, and Padres in August. So you're gonna have a, a really rough August. It's How have the Pirates rugged.
1: been doing though? Recently? Oh, oh
4: yeah. Okay, I thought I, we had them in the World <laughs> Series earlier. We did. Well, we you did.
1: Oh, they beat the Tigers last night. They shut them out. They're out Eight to roll. nothing. There you go. Watch out for those buckos.
4: They're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're going. Eight nil, right? <laughs> 8-0? They've got a pitcher. They've got one. All right. One more,
6: Matthew. Take it or leave it. Hot dogs from Quick Trip is a healthy breakfast, despite what my wife says.
5: Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, healthy? No. Good? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen. Those Quick Trip hot dogs. and uh, But think about it from this perspective. and. Uh,
4: You you get a Corn dough You you got the choice You're in quick trip And you got the choice Between like One of those delicious QT hot dogs On the roller Mm -hmm. Or a couple of donuts Well in that case Fried dough It's It's Much healthier there we go. So I think we need to be relative here. Now, Brooke is kind of grimacing here at this, the thought here of a, of a hot dog for breakfast.
1: I just seeing it like spin around right there. Oh. I, that's that's. I, I don't even know if I could have that for a meal. Nothing gets quick, quick oh. trip. I love everything you, else there. But do you nothing. eat
4: sausage like you with, with breakfast, like link sausage? No, not. Oh, really? Darn it. I love Link. I uh, like Give me Link over Patty every day, by the way. Six, five, uh, no, uh, the, uh, this number changed six months ago. 314-399-9646. <laughs> nine, 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 six, six. Link or Patty? Matthew? Uh, <laughs> I'm going with a Link, but I was going to say. Link. I'm a Link guy. Yeah.
1: I've never. I like Patties. Okay. I like patties. One of these
4: things is not like (laughs) the other
6: (laughs) I've never bought something off of a QT roller before. Oh, Oh, this
4: explains everything to us. Oh, you want to hear something? I haven't either, though. though. I haven't eaten poorly enough. Do I need to to add that to the equation? Yes. Okay. Okay. Get one. You got to hear this story. This is great. So a couple of years ago, I'm playing, and uh, you guys are both, both, all three, welcome to play in the Folds of Honor Golf Tournament coming up in June at Whitmore. But a couple of years ago, I'm playing in the Folds of Honor Golf Tournament with some guys from Quick Trip. And they're probably listening right now because they said they listen every day. And Quick Trip is a huge supporter of Folds of Honor. So thank you, QT. But they have people when they say that they have filtered water for their ice they have people whose job is to clean out the water pipes that go to the ice machines at quick trip so that you have the best ice anywhere the quick trip ice it's not a coincidence that when you get their ice Hmm. that it's awesome because they do a really good job they've got people whose full-time job is to have pure filtered water making that ice i can
1: tell i love their ice i actually do go get their ice a lot yeah but not their hot dogs
5: yeah you gotta try the hot dog Uh,
1: i'm good i had a really bad i i haven't eaten many hot dogs because in nashville one time i got um after like a night out you know how they have all those hot dog stands Mm -hmm. so i got one and i got violently sick the sickest i've ever been in my entire life
5: can i pose a question. Yes. Is it possible that it wasn't the hot dog and it was the night out? No, I promise you it was the hot
1: dog. It was the hot dog. Because I got sick.
5: It's, the night out is yeah. is the, the story, the part of the story that, that you know made my ears perk. You were outside. You were
1: I was I was fine that night. Nothing crazy happened. Oh, um oh. but <laughs> but it was definitely it was definitely the hot dog. I, I got violently sick and after that I was like mm. You know, hot dogs. I, I yeah. feel
4: like it's my civic duty when I'm in New York to get one of those kiosk hot dogs. On the corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, like, some guy cooking yeah, on the street corner? If you're an
5: American, you yeah, got to do it. You, you got to buy it. Why not? <laughs> like, ahead, get you a bra,
4: whatever, whatever's there. So you guys won't remember this because you weren't born yet, but I do because I'm old. But uh, Chevrolet had a great ad campaign back in the 80s. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Baseball, hot dogs, (laughs) apple pie, and Chevrolet. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie. So anyway, it's, it's so those are four things, and we're all about baseball here, right? Mm-hmm. We all love hot dogs. Well, most of us, unless we're all late <laughs> at night after uh, some really intense drinking. Why
1: are you? No, it was the hot dog, guys. It was the hot oh, dog. to me on those nights when we about
5: something. <laughs> something that
1: sucks is the older I've gotten, I feel like my stomach has gotten not as strong. I yeah, wish it. My, well, dad, that, my dad. My dad loves like you know fast food, all this. If he can eat all that, not gain like any weight, all that stuff, and he doesn't get sick I used to be that way, and then all of a sudden, the older I've gotten, my stomach is not ironclad anymore, nah. I guess. I am more it.
4: spicy food now than I was 20 years oh, ago. Oh, I won't do
5: spicy food. My really? heart can't take it. Yeah. Really? Heartburn. Oh, Carrie. Oh, I get heartburn. Uh, it's <laughs> absurd. All
4: you need is quadruple bypass and you're golden. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'll pass. I'm okay. <laughs>
0: I'll
4: pass. <laughs> Coming up, our fresh take here on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's
3: so
4: funny though. It's going to be a busy morning the rest of the way. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Sean Miller. He's the director of the new documentary. And it is called It Ain't Over. It's about St. Louis native Yogi Berra, the executive producer of said documentary. One of them is Lindsay Berra, uh, Yogi's granddaughter, who's also going to join us. We had a chance to be at the event last night, the screening, Brooke and I did. And uh, so it'll be fun to hear from those two. Then we have the fight at 8.30. Chip Carey at... at, 8.45, 8.45, and then Bob Costas will join us coming up at 9.15. Bob not only is a part of the documentary and was head of a panel last night with Lindsay and Sean and Larry Barra, who is one of Yogi's sons, and also uh, Whitey Herzog. He's part of the documentary as well, but uh, we're going to talk to Bob about that. And then Bob is doing for MLB Network tonight the Cardinal Dodger game, so he'll be in town for that. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Redbirds.
1: Spoiler alert i cried during the movie that's last night i cried and i looked back and i think randy shed a tear too yeah, oh yeah have a little have a tear roll
5: yeah down.
4: it's uh, that's what you want when you, when you make a documentary it didn't that's seem the like there it.
1: yeah it didn't seem like there was a dry eye in the house and i'm yeah. and look i know that you're probably like okay you guys are just promoting this like that's what you're doing mm-hmm. because you're bringing in lindsay and all that stuff Here's the thing. I love these kind of movies. I love these kind of documentaries where it shows the human element of an athlete because and we'll talk about this with Lindsay. I think that a lot of people, especially my age, I remember some of the commercials, right? So I saw Yogi later in life as he was older. I knew that he was a great baseball player, but actually seeing that in the documentary, how it all played out, how much he changed the game for many generations and how much he touched many generations as a player, as a manager, all that stuff. Actually understanding that is what I took away. And I love actually seeing the interviews of him too when when he was playing. Because I, I've heard him speak when he was older, but seeing him when he was younger during that playing time, was it was just so cool to see.
4: And I wasn't born yet, but how different would Cardinal history be if oh they would God. have been willing to spend an extra $250? Yogi Bear and Joe Garziola grew up across the street from each other, and the Cardinals gave Joe Garagiola a $500 signing bonus. And Yogi said, well, if Joey G's getting that, then i got to get that. The Cardinals offered Yogi 250 bucks rather than 500 and they could have had Yogi Berra and Sam Musial in the same lineup forever. And it really affected Cardinal history when mm. Branch Rickey would not give Yogi Berra the extra $250.
5: Yeah. $250. What, what does that equate to in twenty twenty two? I don't know.
4: They signed him for $500,
1: out. right? The, yeah, he, the to, Yankees he wound stuff. up
4: signing with the Yankees for 500 Branch mm. Rickey actually left the Cardinals to go to Brooklyn, thought he was going to sign him. But in between the time... Uh, Yogi wound up signing with the Yankees and the rest, as they say, is history.
5: <laughs>
4: That's pretty cool. So, And uh, we have a great group walking in to uh, talk about this wonderful documentary that uh, will debut in theaters tomorrow here in St. Louis. And uh, let's get a microphone set up for Lindsay Bear. She is the granddaughter of Yogi Bear, the executive producer of this fine documentary and the director, Sean uh, mullen is here as well sean great to see you again how you doing
11: great thanks for having good. me
4: and uh, Lindsay, last night was a lot of fun thank you very much for having us how did you think the uh, the screening went
3: i thought it was great but i was just saying it was kind of a friendly crowd because i think i was related to about 80 percent. of it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's pretty good i want to start with this because this was a labor of love for you you've wanted to make this documentary for a, a long time how do you feel about the finished product
3: Oh, I'm super excited about the, the finished product, and we've been working on it for five years. Like you said, it's a real labor of love, so I'm I'm just thrilled that folks are going to be able to, to see it. Um, but I always say, when people say you wanted to make the documentary for a long time, I always have to give full credit to our producer, Peter Soboloff. It was really his idea, not mine. Uh, he had seen the Mr. Rogers documentary and approached my family and said, how come there's no Mr. Rogers documentary but about your father? And uh, my <laughs> dad and uncles were like... No one's made one. And he said, well, could I? And he had made a movie with Sean previously and introduced Sean to the family. And that was how the ball really got rolling. So full props to Peter Soboloff.
1: And I told you last night, too, I cried. I I cried and I was talking to them about it. It was just such a beautiful story because it felt like just like Yogi, that whole documentary and movie was easy to love as well. And you see why he was just such this huge figure in baseball, but also off the field as well. I don't want to give away too much with Mm -hmm. this documentary, but it seems like a lot of this was conceptualized after what happened at the 2015 All-Star Game. Can you tell us how this all kind of came about and what happened in that All-Star Game?
3: So they they uh, prior to the 2015 All Star Game at um, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, the MLB brought out what they called the four greatest living players, and it was Hank Aaron, Johnny Bench, Sandy Koufax, and Willie Mays. And I was sitting there watching the game with my grandpa Yogi. And I looked at him and I said, are you dead? And he said, not yet. So <laughs> I, we don't for a second think that Grandpa should have replaced any of those guys because they're all tremendous players. But I definitely think he should have been out on the field with them for sure and you know the the thought i think anyway is that there's kind of a recency bias grandpa played his last game in may of 1965 and then for almost 50 years was managing and being quoted in the press saying funny things and doing commercials and he becomes this kind of pop culture icon and that's what folks remember him for most because it's what happened most recently so i hope that the documentary really puts him back in the conversation as one of the greatest players of all time because I think he belongs there. Sean,
5: when you're putting a, a project like this together, you're dealing with an icon, an iconic family, uh, and you have the family present. How much pressure or nervousness is there to make sure you get it exactly the way that the family likes it? And for, as Brooke said, so the fans and the
11: people that are watching can dry, have those tears well up when they're watching that movie. Well, thanks for bringing that trauma back. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, that's good having flash. <laughs> of not sleeping. No, I mean, the, the the pressure's tremendous. I mean, you know, this is uh, one of the iconic, not only one of the most iconic players of all time, but one of the most iconic kind of Americans of all time. Mm-hmm. And a great American story, too. I mean, a lot of people don't know, but he was, you know, he raised, you know, he went and, and, and raised his right hand and volunteered uh, for World War II, you know, before he could be drafted. And he was in, he was on, you know, the beaches of Normandy in D-Day. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a real, real honor to be you know to be considered for the project and to, to spend the past five years and getting to know uh you know the bear family you know Lindsay uh, started to refer to me as the older brother she never had and i said well if that's the case then yogi's the grandpa i never had so i win so uh no really really lucky to um to be a part of this project, and I just, you know, we're so excited to be getting out. And the reviews have been really great, and it's been exciting that it's been so well-received. So,
4: And, Lindsay, since your grandpa lived in Montclair, New Jersey, and he was just so attached to the Yankees, I think people in St. Louis might not realize how attached he remained to St. Louis oh, and the Cardinals, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, first of all, his family is—there's still so much family here. My mm-hmm. grandmother grew up on a farm in House Mill, Missouri, and her family is still here, and I, I have— hundreds of Barra cousins that are still on the hill and in (laughs) the surrounding areas. Um, But Grandpa watched so many Cardinals games. I would say he watched as many Cardinals games as he did Yankees games. Yadier Molina was like, his absolute favorite for like the whole time Yachty was was in the big leagues, um, but he also watched tons of blues games. He followed the Saint University of Saint Louis Billikens basketball team <laughs> religiously, and I have to tell you one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life was my grandpa at a very advanced age, not super with it, attempting to explain what a Billikin was <laughs> to his Haitian nurse. <laughs> and I wish that I had video. It was hysterical. <laughs> That's a beautiful That's moment. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Sean, I wanted you, you explained last night your your three-step process in putting this together and it's kind of I don't know if this is your philosophy in building uh, a film, but can you take us through your your pro- process here? Yeah, the structure. I mean, so I have a screenwriting
11: background. This is actually only my second documentary. I come from scripted mm-hmm. world, so I've, I've worked in this, you know, scripted films for for over a decade in, in Los Angeles. And so, yeah, when I'm looking at a film, you know, when I'm looking at the structure, what I try to do—it doesn't work w- with every film perfectly—but this one, it really fell into place nicely. Is you know, you go back to the beginning, you go back to Aristotle, right? I mean, the very beginning of you know drama studies and the idea that you know all great stories that are a three-act structure. In the first act there's some sort of crisis, and the third act there's some sort of catharsis, right? And so you kind of track that journey from crisis to catharsis. And and for this particular film, this idea—the crisis was this is an, an incredible ball player who's been kind of overshadowed by his off the field persona and, and kind of forgotten in a lot of ways uh, as at least a ball player and then the catharsis being, he'll after this, you know, he'll never be forgotten. So that mm-hmm. that kind of journey was what we used as kind of the guidepost for the, the the ninety minute feature film and I you know, I think we were able to execute on that.
1: It seemed like he had the, a great avi- ability to just simplify things on the field, and that had a lot to do with his success. I also like how much the yogiisms were brought up on there because they're very simple quotes and they're very unique to him. But then I like during and not to give too much away, but like during the film, you would have like quotes from Confucius, and then you'd have a yogiism, and you're like, it makes sense. Same the thing, things yeah. that he would say, like <laughs> "It ain't over till it's over," you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, and it just shows how special of a person and how smart of a person
3: he was too. Yeah, he just had a very um kind of black and white way of seeing the world. I always say he was very easy for him to kind of cut through the crap and call a spade a spade. Um, And, you know, he would always say, people tell me to say a yogiism. And it wasn't something he did on purpose. It was really just representative of his worldview. And they would just kind of fall out of his mouth. And and we would say to him, Oh, Dad, you said another one. Oh, Grandpa, you said another one. Um, But he was great to go to for advice because he was able to just shut out all the noise and tell you exactly what you needed to do. And... I always say it was kind of tough, also because he was very quick to point out the right thing to do. But the right thing to do is not always the easy thing mm-hmm. to do. But once he pointed out, you were like, "Oh snap, he's right," and that's what I've <laughs> got to do, and it's gonna stink. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, he he was so funny to be around, and and I was so lucky to have him until I was almost thirty nine years old. So many kids lose their grandparents when they're young, but to be able to, I had my Grammy Carmen until I was almost thirty seven. So. It was just a really a tremendous gift to be able to spend so much time with them.
4: Lindsay, do you have a favorite yogiism that you apply to your life on a regular oh basis? I, I
3: apply pretty like all of them on a regular <laughs> basis. But I mean, my favorite ones are the existential ones. If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be. The future ain't what it used to be. But sure. I mean, almost every day I say deja vu all over again. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. I use kind of take the fork <laughs> as kind of like a motivational self-talk, like when I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, take mm-hmm. the fork, Lindsay. So I think they're all really applicable to everyday life.
5: Being the the granddaughter of of such an iconic figure, what was that like for you growing up?
3: I didn't know. Mm. Uh, You know, by the time I was old enough to realize that Grandpa Yogi, the guy that I made meatballs with at the holidays and played wiffle ball with in the yard and he burned all our hot dogs at the family (laughs) barbecues. By the time I was old enough to realize that that guy was also Yogi Berra, the guy who had, you know, 10 World Series championships and was this like icon to so many people he'd already been just grandpa yogi for so long that it was kind of hard for me to rationalize Mm -hmm. and now obviously I'm a grown-up now, and I know that's who he was, but my memories of the hot dog burning guy are the Grandpa <laughs> Yogi, and when I talk about the baseball guy, it's it's Yogi Berra, right. and it's still, it's it's crazy to me that, that he did all that, and it's always so astonishing and, and humbling and never ceases to amaze me how many folks come up to him and say, I met your grandpa one time, or I never met your grandpa, but... He inspired them or touched them in some way, and they say they loved him, and they mean it in the same sense of the word as I mean it when they when I say I loved my grandfather, and it's it's totally incredible. It gives me goosebumps all the time.
4: So Sean Lindsay grew up around Yogi. What was the the overarching thing that you learned about Yogi Bear? Because like Brooke said, she had a peripheral knowledge, mm-hmm. but what you learn, uh, the big thing you learned about Yogi Bear that you didn't know coming into this. Well,
11: I think i think like with most people who will take this film in i knew he was good i didn't know he was great you know and that was a really big thing that's something we want to get across is like his greatness as a ball player but i think something that'll stick out to audiences and it stuck out to me as over the course of the documentary, was just how wonderful his relationship with, was with his wife, with Carm. That love mm-hmm. story it was really beautiful. Those letters you got right, or those are great, right? Those like, are fantastic. I, yeah. I, I, I cried a yeah. lot. The,
1: the, <laughs> yeah. Carmen, the Carmen, the story was amazing.
11: Yeah. So yeah. like that love story is really powerful. I mean, the sixty-five year marriage and and just having each other's back, and then you know, when tensions escalate with you know him and George, and they're in the room arguing about this this you know, reconciliation, she goes in and it, it it stops. You know, so stuff like that was um, really I thought beautiful. And and uh, really important uh, to draw out in the story, and I think the other thing is is the D-Day stuff, is the military stuff. I'm a veteran as well, and so that was really important for me to to kind of make a bit of a meal out of that uh, that D-Day stuff.
3: I, I was just to say I think it's also like just important to point out that this is not just a baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's some baseball stuff in it and some amazing stats and you see great archival footage um, of, of grandpa playing that just really shows you, you'll get a new appre- appreciation for just how good he was but there's something in this film for, for everybody, first generation Italian immigrant, a veteran, the love story with my uh, grandmother, we, we tell some stories that just, you know, anybody can identify with the length a parent is willing to go to to protect their children, that's in the story so it's not just a baseball yeah. story, it's a human story story and you don't need to be a fan to enjoy it
4: it's extraordinarily well done it opens in theaters tomorrow Lindsay and Sean thanks so much for being a, a, a part of our community and bringing this to St. Louis to, to get things rolling we're really looking forward to its success
3: I'm really excited for St. Louis to see it too and go Billikins <laughs> 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 Lindsay
4: Absolutely. Barrett she's the executive producer and a granddaughter of Yogi Bear and Sean Mullen the director of this fantastic documentary and you can see it in theaters here in St. Louis starting tomorrow coming up next We've got the fight here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, do you have? A, do you need a fighter? We got one. We got. Oh yeah, we had we a guy a yesterday. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You in today. Uh, So that's next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the
0: fight in the red corner,
2: average Joe
0: listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Welcome, Randy Carricker.
5: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter returning today is Ryan. Ryan, how you feeling? I'm feeling good.
7: How are you guys
5: today? Doing well.
9: You ready to go? We're going to go again. Hopefully keep it going. All
5: right, here we go. Nolan Arenado came up one game short of tying the Cardinals record of consecutive games with the homer. Which current Cardinals set the mark back in 2019? Is it Paul DeYoung, Paul Goldschmidt, or Tommy Hmm.
9: Goldschmidt.
1: Yogi Berra played 2,116 games in pinstripes for the Yankees and four games for which other franchise? The KC Athletics, Washington Senators, or New York Mets?
9: Well, no clue. Can I hear those options one more time?
1: KC Athletics, Washington Senators, or New York Mets?
9: I'll just go with Mets.
5: Which active NFL receiver is tied for third in the league with nine seasons of 1,000 yards receiving? Mike Evans, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins.
9: Julio.
1: When the NHL realigned its conference and divisions prior to the the 12-13 season, the Red Wings and Blue Jackets shifted to the East. Which teams replaced them in the West? The Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, or the Winnipeg Jets?
7: Oof.
9: Minnesota.
6: All right, we will double-check those scores and bring in Randy Carricker. Ryan, how you feeling?
9: Right. Uh, not good at all. <laughs> Much better
2: yesterday.
5: <laughs> uh, you will see. Randy only got one yesterday, so, you know. Maybe you got a yeah. chance. I don't foresee him going one for four again today, though. No. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You ready? Uh, no, play, uh, no hit the bones. Fell apart. We oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> Ready. I don't know why Rock was pointing at me with this uh angered look on his face. Yeah,
6: because you were poking, the bear, oh. so
5: you're, you're poking the bear. That's my job. Did you have you not been here for my entirety of my <laughs> <laughs> my tenure here yet? that's what I do. All right, ready here we go. Ready. Nolan Arenado came up one game short of tying the Cardinals record of consecutive games with a home run, which current Cardinals set the mark back in twenty nineteen.
4: I think that it was uh Goldie in the first year here.
1: Yogi Berra played 2,116 games in pinstripes for the Yankees and four games for which other franchise?
4: The the New York Mets.
5: Which active NFL receiver is tied for third in the league with nine seasons of of 1,000 yards receiving? All-time? Which active NFL receiver is tied for third in the league history with nine nine seasons of 1,000 yards receiving?
4: Okay, um... Active. So, let's... Julio has been great. And he's been around a long enough time. Third, huh? I guess Jer- Jerry Rice probably leads that list. Tim Brown might be second. Um, Julio's had so many big years. I'm going to go with Julio Jones, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, and I guess he's, I don't know if he's still in Tampa or not, but anyway, I'll go with Julio.
1: When the NHL realigned its conference and divisions prior to the 2012-13 season, the Red Wings and Blue Jackets shifted to the East. Which team replaced them in the West?
4: Hmm. Uh, Brooke, I will do the the old lifeline here.
1: Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, or Winnipeg Jets?
4: Okay, 12-13, Winnipeg. Winnipeg had been in the league before that because Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. Nashville was way before that, so I'm going to go with the Minnesota Wild.
6: We have a tiebreaker in today's fight, so we're going to get right to it. Ryan, it's pretty simple. I will read off the question. It's going to be close to the pin. We'll give Randy Carriker a chance to write down his answer. You will then say your answer audibly. We will then say Randy's answer audibly, and then whoever's close to the pin wins the fight. Do you understand those rules, sir? Yes, sir. All right, Randy Kirker, are you ready with a pen and pad? Yeah, almost. I'm ready now. All right. <laughs> Following his three home run game over well over a week ago, he's now on a little bit of a drought. What is Paul Goldschmidt's current career home run tally across thirteen seasons in the majors? What is Paul Goldschmidt's current career home run count across his thirteen plus years in the majors?
4: Uh, let me get a different pen here.
6: Pen's not working for Randy, so no. Ryan, continue to con- to contemplate. Carry the one, move eh, the three. There we go. Randy's right. guess... Uh, can I say that one more time just to make sure? Okay, perfect. I have Randy Carriker's guess. What is your guess, Ryan? We'll go
7: 303.
6: Alright, a little quick math right now I have to do because I'm not smart enough. Alright. We have a winner. In today's fight, by the way, Randy, what was your guess? Uh, I guessed 350. Almost forgot. Thank you very much. 350 was the guess for Randy. 303 was the guess for Ryan.
0: Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average
2: Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? I'm very unused to playing the returning
6: winner for for Joe, but congratulations to Ryan. He takes down Randy Carriker in the tiebreaker today. It was a very close one. Paul Goldschmidt's career home run total, 322. Randy Carricker was 28 off. Ryan was 19 off. So Ryan wins closest to the pin and the fight. He will be back for a Hall of Fame opportunity tomorrow. Congratulations, Ryan.
9: Awesome. When, when you totally guess on on your answers and then Randy gives the same answers, it makes you feel pretty good. Yeah.
6: So. There, you go. there you go. Let's go through those answers. Nolan Aranato came up one game short of the, tying the Cardinals record for consecutive games with a homer. Paul Goldschmidt, again, did it in his – Uh, First year with the Cardinals, six straight. Yogi Berra played 2,116 games for the Yankees and four games for the New York Mets. Which active NFL receiver is tied for third in league history with nine seasons of 1,000 yards receiving? All nine of his years in the NFL, Mike Evans has hit the 1,000-yard receiving mark. And when the NHL realigned its conference back in 12-13, the Red Wings and Blue Jackets shifted to the east and the Winnipeg Jets, formerly of Atlanta, shifted to the west. So, Ryan, we will talk to you tomorrow on The Fight. Thank you so much for joining again today.
9: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
4: Thank you, Ryan. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to the TV voice of the Cardinals, Chip Carey of Valley Sports. He is next on The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Little pop
7: towards short, and that's going to do it. Cardinals win the series. They shut out
4: Milwaukee. That is the voice of Chip Carey of Valley Sports. He has become the soundtrack of the St. Louis summer. And Chip is with us on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker. Good morning, Mr. Carey. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Randy. Thank you for the nice introduction. How are you guys today? Everything's good. You know what? I always, uh, always like people with senses of humor. And I did not text you when you said it. But I loved your Mordecai three-finger brown joke.
10: Oh, 60%? Yeah. (laughs) It's better than Alphonse He always gave you 120. (laughs) That's exactly right.
1: (laughs) Chip, how has this been? I mean, this must be nice talking about some good baseball, some winning baseball after kind of a rough stretch there in April. Can you just speak to what that was like as a broadcaster?
10: Hey Brooke, good morning. Uh, yeah, well look uh, as they say, the wine tastes better, the steaks are juicier, right? The weather's prettier, your wife's even nicer. Uh, <laughs> uh, all those things play into it. Yeah, it makes the job a lot easier. Uh, we live and die with what the team does, just like the fans do. Uh, and I think that's what's always made the Cardinals broadcast so relevant, is that we feel what the fans feel, and hopefully we'll conduit for that. But no doubt about it, they've won eight of their last ten games. Uh, I think Ollie Marmol said it best the other day. We've dug ourselves a hole. It's our job now to dig ourselves out of it with good stretches of play against good teams like the Cardinals have played. Um, I think that gives you optimism that they're capable of doing that. So, yeah, right now everybody's feeling pretty good about themselves, and justifiably so.
5: Chip, you get to see this team up close and personal pretty much every day. What are they doing now that is different from what they were doing earlier in the season that is allowing them Uh, to win games?
10: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think little things. I think, uh, one, I think there's continuity to the lineup. Number two, I think guys are more comfortable with their roles. I think, number three, the pitching has obviously been better, especially among the starters. Uh, Libertor last night was outstanding. I think he's done the things that the Cardinals asked him to do after last year. Uh, The bullpen has been good pretty much from the opening bell for St. Louis. They've got a lot of strikeout artists down there and they're doing that. And I think from an offensive standpoint, they're just taking advantage of the opportunities more often than not. I think in the first month of the year, Uh, The Cardinals uh, had had a ton of base runners and were top one, top two in Major League Baseball and leaving those runners stranded. That's not happening now. So uh, the way and style that they want to play is evident. It's showing. And when they get early leads and don't dig themselves into early inning holes... They're able to play the style of baseball that they think is going to make them successful.
5: Chip, speaking of uh, Libertor, what he did last night I thought was absolutely amazing, knowing what this Cardinal team needs right now and what this means for his future as a, as a Cardinal pitcher and as a professional baseball player. What did you see from him at uh, last night's start?
10: Velocity. <coughs> Excuse me, I looked choked up. Velocity. And, uh, he had me choked was, uh, up last uh, night, too. Yeah, I'm so excited about what he did. Uh, <coughs> Sorry, velocity, and and, and jump on his fastball. That's what the Cardinals wanted to say. Ali talked about his fastball at times was kind of in a dead zone, just didn't have that last bit of life that made it so special. Uh, The fact that he threw his fastball a lot, commanded it, threw it for strikes, uh, had some trouble, didn't panic. Uh, Yeah, he was working hard, and I'm sure that the heartbeat and the blood pressure was elevated with uh, his return to the big leagues. But also, I think in the back of his head, he's got to be thinking look, a lot of people have talked about the Randy O'Rose Arena trade, and justifiably so. I said this on the broadcast last night, and I said this when I was in Atlanta, too. The initial reaction of a trade is often not the right or fair way to look at it. You've got to give these things some time to percolate and see where it turns out. A 6'5 lefty throw 97 miles an hour with command like Libertor has a chance to be a franchise-altering acquisition for this club. And you know, he's in the very infancy, early stages of his big league career. Give him time. Let's see what he does, and let's not judge him on, you know, a handful or a small sample size of seven, eight major league starts. A is a terrific player. Cardinals are smart they got a good player too if we let him develop and don't judge him on what he's done and uh, in, in, in as I said uh, two weeks of major league pitching last night is an indication of where he is and where he can go I think we're all going to be very excited about this kid if we give him time to develop and he's got a chance to do that I think with the Cardinals
4: and Chip we mentioned this early in our show today uh, this this guy was born during the first year of the greatest show on turf of the St. Louis Rams It's it, <laughs> right. you know he, he's 23 years old he's right. and left-handers you've seen it over the years for whatever reason left-handers quite often take a longer time to develop
10: i I, I used the analogy last night and i want to be clear i'm in no way comparing uh matthew libertor to this man but if you look at what randy johnson was as a member of the montreal expos and then looked at randy johnson at the end of his career with arizona and the yankees you would have said these are two different people Mm. randy johnson couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat when he was with montreal he went to seattle Uh, worked and worked and worked and refined his craft and stopped being so wild. And uh, at 6'10", with all those moving parts like Matthew has, he turned himself into one of the greatest pitchers in in the history of the game, if not certainly his generation. So I agree with you, Randy. Lefties, for whatever reason, yeah, they take a little longer. And that's what's so tough about the world we live in, especially uh, in baseball. Uh, the Twitter satisfaction uh, meter pegs quickly, and sometimes you got to let the, the the roast simmer a little bit so that it achieves its uh, its recipe uh, perfection. And I hope that that's the case for Fairly and All the young players on the Cardinals team. This is still a very young team, and they're growing every day in front of our very eyes, and it's fun
4: to watch. Yeah, and one of the, the, that leads me to my next question because that is one of my favorite things, and especially when you're around a team every day, is watching players ascend and just continue to grow. And not only are we seeing that with a a guy like Libertor, and hopefully he'll continue to ascend, but he grew up in the Phoenix area with Nolan Gorman. And I can tell by your calls how much of a kick you're getting out of watching Nolan Gorman just turn into a superstar.
10: He's something, uh, you know, we made the the point. This guy leads here, led the National League in RBIs, and he's basically a platoon player. What does that tell you? You know, (laughs) once once this guy gets a chance to see lefties more and has some success against lefties more, again, he's a 23-year-old guy, um, you know, who knows what the future is going to hold for him because he has what we call light tower power. The ball jumps off his bat. Uh, The the work he's done defensively. I've heard stories of the Cardinals, weren't so comfortable watching him play second base fans. That is watching him play out there with a third baseman's arm at second base. What a luxury that is for the Cardinals defensively. His footwork is great. He turns a good double play. He hangs in there when guys are trying to steal bases. He gets his nose in there and makes the catch and tag all those little things that go to making him a complete player, not just a slugger. Yeah, that's really, really fun to watch. Lars Nupar is another one. This guy gets on base. He's an on base machine. He walks. He's a good defender. He's got a strong arm. He's dealing with the international hype that has uh, followed him since the World Baseball Classic exceptionally well. Brendan Donovan. Uh, I love watching him hit. He's maybe the most complete young hitter on the team. His ability to hit lefty-lefty is is awesome. Uh, You know, he's like Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. Freddie's job and what Freddie always said, and we'll see him tonight. I don't care about hitting home runs. My perfect at bat is a line drive over the shortstop's head. And that's what Donovan does and can play everywhere. So... Uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, to join this bandwagon in my first year and see these <laughs> kids do their thing. And uh, right now, as I said, they're flying high, and hopefully that continues with a good team coming to town.
1: Well, Chip, you kind of touched on it there. This is going to be a big series for the Cardinals facing the Dodgers for four games. Is it too soon to say that this might be kind of a good measuring stick series for the Cardinals with how hot they are right now?
10: I like the opportunity here at home better than what happened to us in L.A. <laughs> I'll put it in <laughs> Um, You know, but look, you always want to see how you fare against uh, the really, really good teams. The Brewers were the top team in the division. The Cardinals took two out of three from them. Uh, I think that they showed they could play with, if not beat Milwaukee, they beat their best in Corbin Burns. Uh, The Dodgers are coming to town with their uh, starting rotation in a little bit of shambles. They lost Dustin May for a month yesterday. Their bullpen had to work an awful lot in their series against Minnesota. Hopefully the Cardinals can do that as well. They're going to pitch. They're going to hit. And if you want to beat the Dodgers, you can't make mistakes. You gotta get betts out. You gotta get Freeman out. You gotta get Muncie out. If you can do that, you've got a chance. But they've still got a lot of other complementary players who sometimes fly under the radar. So to your point, yeah, this is a good test. They're a good, deep, complete team. Uh, they've gone to the World Series and deep in the playoffs for eternity, it seems. And so, yeah, it'll be a fun barometer for the Cardinals who playing at home, I think, will give them a bit of an advantage.
5: Chip, I love seeing Tommy Edmond play baseball. I don't necessarily need to see him in right field every single night. So is there any update on the outfield, outfield injuries with O'Neill and, and Carlson?
10: Yeah, Tyler's going to go out on a rehab, I think, pretty soon and start swinging the bat in live action. That's good. We'll get him back. Uh, Dylan Carlson went to the I.L. yesterday. The ankle's just not responding quickly enough. The Cardinals just couldn't keep playing a man short uh, on the bench. I think that showed in the second game against the Brewers. They're hoping Dylan's ankle would feel better and maybe get him back in the lineup last night. That didn't happen, obviously. So, uh, yeah, they're going to get some of these guys back sooner rather than later. But right now, uh, this is what you got. And that's the other great thing about this Cardinal team. They really value versatility. And I don't think anybody feels badly about any of those guys that are playing, quote, unquote, out of position because they look so natural doing it because of something they've done before. So uh, this is your lineup. It was effective uh, in game one against Milwaukee, certainly effective last night. And uh, as I said, hopefully it'll happen at least three times against the Dodgers in this series.
4: Finally, Chip, I did six years of afternoon radio with Brad Thompson, and I had a smile on my, <laughs> my, my on my face every single day. He's he's fun to work with,
10: isn't he? My gosh, he's easy. You team up, and uh, he hits a three seventy down the, on down the fairway. You know, it's, <laughs> that's a play-by-play guy's dream. Uh, yeah, he knows his stuff. We have a lot of fun, and uh, he's really been incredibly welcoming of me, uh, and has really uh, you know, held my hand, as, as you will, as the old guy coming to a new place. Uh, the analogy I've used is, I'm the new kid in class, but I'm also the new kid in class learning Ukrainian, so <laughs> <laughs> really he me translate that stuff uh, very, very well, and, I, and he's been very easy to work for. I think we've got great chemistry on and off the field, or in and out of the booth, if you will, and uh, I'm really, really humbled and honored to work with such a great team at Valley Midwest, including Brad Thompson.
4: Chip Carey, great to have you on the show thanks so much for the time we'll have to do this more often i would love it guys enjoy your morning and uh, let's go get those dodgers
10: tonight we'll see you on, on tv
4: you bet take care and uh, chip and brad will have the call and that'll be tonight on valley sports cards and dodgers game one of a four game series chip. And was awesome He's really good. I got confused when you said, good morning, Mr. Carey." I, I looked over like, what the hell is What I do? I, I texted him the other day. I said, I hope you don't name your kid after Kerry Davis, because Kerry Carey might get confusing.
5: I looked over like, why is he? What? Oh, Chip. Okay.
1: So he he, has, he, he has two sons, right? Twins that are also in broadcasting. Right. That's yeah. really cool.
4: Yeah. that's Especially... Harry, yes, and then Skip, mm-hmm. and now Chip, and then the fourth generation—pretty amazing. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got our rush hour reset on the heels of the Cardinals' three-nothing win over the Brewers. They took two of three, and then Bob Costas coming up at 9:15 here on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
2: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
0: it's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset
2: brought to you by clubhouse turf your exclusive partner of celebrity greens we're redefining private golf
7: Fly ball center. Wiener going back. Still going. Track. Wall. She is gone. All is forgiven. It's three to nothing.
4: Chip carried the call last night. Paul DeYoung with the home run in support of Matthew Libertor's five innings of shutout ball. And the Cardinals blank the Brewers. Three nothing. Take two of three in the series. It's 9 03. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex Jeweler. So for the last couple of Cardinal wins, we've had major highlights. Flaherty, mm-hmm. of course, and then the Cardinals scoring 18 runs in the first game against Milwaukee last night. DeYoung continues his strong hitting, and Matthew Libertor in the bullpen combine on the shutout. Now, the Cardinals obviously now are having more fun, and that means that they can celebrate some things. And they have this little... Brooke, can you explain the, the cheeseburger phone?
1: Yeah, the hamburger phone has been a new addition. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for a while. It seems like this year Major League Baseball is really letting teams have their own home run celebrations. So the brew crew has like the cheese head. Um, let's see, the Angels have like the samurai gear, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And we've been saying, and I'm glad that the Cardinals listened to the opening drive. We've been Every saying day. they need some sort of home run celebration. Well, they finally, it sounds like Miles Michaelis was the big person who thought of this, came up with the hamburger phone. So the way that Adam Wainwright described it yesterday is that basically when a guy has it, they try to make the call of what's going to happen, if the if the home run's going to happen or not. If they lose, then it moves on to somebody else. Or if it works out, you get to keep the hamburger phone. So it kind of gets everybody in the dugout involved in the game and cheering even more for their teammates because you want your call to be right right on the hamburger phone right
4: right so DeYoung was asked if anybody made the phone call
7: each guy gets their own call per game and uh they can decide (laughs) when and where and who to use it on and uh If they get it right, they get another one back. If they don't get the call right, then they lose their call the rest of the game. It's just... Did anyone have it on you for that home run? I didn't hear, um, but, you know, somebody (laughs) always going to claim after the fact that they called it, you know how they work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And and that's what it's about, right? And Chip said it too. Everything seems better. The sun looks brighter today. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody seems happier too. Because when you're winning, it's contagious. And it seems like the whole mood has really shifted. And bringing up Matthew Levert, Tour as well we've talked about him that was a very good strategic move because he's done well I know it was very briefly he's done well against the Brewers and then having Adam Wainwright today against the Dodgers he has really good career numbers against the Dodgers in 19 lifetime appearances against the Dodgers he has a 2.79 ERA so maybe this will even help him as he's getting more acquainted with the starting rotation since coming back from injury
4: and guys the Cardinals need innings out of Wainwright today because last night You had Gallegos give 36 pitches, and Helsley give 24. So those two probably aren't available. I don't know, Palante pitched twice in that series, so Palante might be out of commission today, so you're looking probably at uh, Cabrera as your main guy at the back end of the bullpen. So the big thing is, Waino, give us 21 outs. If Bueno gives us 21 outs, it's it's us today. Uh, We're fine. You just want 21? If I get 21 and I can count on, if I can go to the bullpen for six, I'm okay. You don't want 27? I do want 27. I want 27. But if I'm happy, I I, I would love. That would be a luxury to get 27. Let's shoot for 27, Randy. Well, that's what Wayno's going to be shooting for. He's got that mindset. And and the
5: starting pitching over the last couple of days, we talk about the the bats coming to play and, and doing their job, but it starts with the starting pitching. Those guys performing. Uh, the way that they have lately is starting is allowing this team to be in a better in a better position to win games you 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 need those guys to go out there and do their job uh Miles Michaelis in his last start, six innings pitch one earned run you had Flaherty, seven innings pitch s- seven innings pitch zero earned runs and then you had Libertor last night five innings zero earned runs those starts are Generally, Randy, if you don't give up runs, you you, you typically can find a way to win mm-hmm. games. I, last I checked, if you don't score, you can't win. So if you limit the opposing team's number of runs crossing the plate, uh, you have a better opportunity to win those games. And th- everything with this team is going to start with the starting pitching. When those guys are doing their job and doing it well, they're going to win games.
4: And the Cardinals now are six and a half games out of the lead in the Central, which is manageable at this point. They're a game and a half behind both the Cubs and the Reds, which is obviously very manageable. And when you look at the playoff positions in the National League, Cardinals four and a half with the worst record still in the National League, four and a half games out of a wild card spot as of today. So six and a half out of the division, four and a half out of the wild card spot. I, I want to point out, guys, this one fun fact because our friend Matt Holiday joins the fast lane every week. His son Jackson is hitting 391 Ooh. in the minors. He was just one hit away, a triple away from the cycle last night. 391 with five homers and 32 RBIs and an OPS of 1.206 so far for Jackson Holiday this year. And uh, you have to anticipate that with as advanced as he is growing up in a major league clubhouse, that he is probably getting closer and closer to the major league level. He's at high A right now hitting 391 combined between A ball and high a. 392 low A 391 high A. So Jackson Holiday, look for him at a major league ballpark near you soon.
5: Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty cool.
4: We'd take him. NBA last night, the Miami Heat win game one against the Celtics, 123-116. to 116. The Heat lead that series one game to nil.
5: No. I was just pointing out an interesting stat to Rocchio. Oh, the number of 35-point games in playoff history for the uh, Miami Heat, Jimmy Buckets is number two behind Dwayne Wade. How about that? With less games, obviously, than Dwayne Wade. Who You know who's number three? Hmm. LeBron James. So, uh, Dwayne Wade has 14, Jimmy has 13, and LeBron only has nine. He was there for four years. Well, Jimmy, how long has he been there? That's true. But <laughs> there's the a number point. of games. Yeah, Jimmy had played has played less games than LeBron has played.
4: LeBron was playing with Dwayne Wade. <laughs> wow. uh, I guess Wade was Chris getting Posh. a bunch of thirty-five point games. There's <laughs> only one ball to go this around. There's Only
5: one. Uh, well, you all told me there's only one LeBron James. Well, I guess there's two LBJs, but there's only one LeBron James. This is we learned that earlier today. Yeah, we did. LBJ is. Yeah, not the greatest ever. Nah, he took someone else's spot after
4: they. Yeah. Hockey tonight, the Eastern away. Conference Finals start here on 101 ESPN, the Panthers and the Hurricanes. That pregame comes your way at 6.30, and we will have every conference final game of the Stanley Cup playoffs here on 101 ESPN. That is today's Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, Bob Costas was part of the Yogi Berra documentary. He's also doing the Cards-Dodgers game tonight for MLB Network. And the Hall of Famer joins us next on 101 ESPN.
0: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'd be rolling
9: torpedoes, get blunted with (laughs) Rostus, and for a hefty fee, I'm on your record, like Bob Costas. With Brooke Grimsley
4: and with Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. Bob Costas with some ludicrous on MLB (laughs) tonight. Joining us here on the
9: Celebrity Line on
4: 101 ESPN, the the multi-talented Robert Costas. Good morning, sir. How are you?
9: You know, it's really kind of unsettling to realize that what you just played (laughs) is somewhere in my obituary. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 <laughs> might, it might not be the first paragraph, but it's in there somewhere.
4: <laughs> hey, Bob, it was great to see you last night in the documentary uh, It Ain't Over about Yogi Bear is great, and I, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but when I got into this business, it was so cool for me to get to know people like Lou Brock and Bob Gibson and Ted Simmons, who I, I had watched growing up, and you developed such a great relationship with people like Yogi and Joe DiMaggio and, and Mickey Mantle. How did that affect you? How, how is that something that Because you put your head down, and you're a broadcaster, and you're doing your job. But did did you savor getting to know those people that you had watched as a kid?
9: Absolutely. I've often said this. You know, you always try to be professional, and I hope I have been most of the time. But if it's something that first struck you as a kid, it's going to resonate differently with you when, as an adult, you cross paths with these people, not only interview them, but in many cases become friends with them. So the way I put it, you know, I was lucky enough to be part of chronicling Michael Jordan's career, a good portion of it on NBC, and I'll always treasure that. But when I met Wilt Chamberlain or Jerry West or somebody from my youth, that had a different effect on me than Michael Jordan or now LeBron James. And so Hank Aaron and Stan Musial and Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, that has a different effect on me than if I were to meet Shohei Otani, which I never have at this point. Or someone like Mike Trout or or whoever are the reigning greatest players in the game today, Sandy Koufax and Bob Gibson, are a different thing for me than Adam Wainwright. I'm older than everybody now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 please, Dusty Baker, don't retire. <laughs> At least Tony LaRusso went and retired. I just want to see one person older than me in a uniform <laughs> when I go to the ballpark.
1: Bob, what did you think of the documentary? And obviously you had a big part of it as well. It just felt like a beautiful story to kind of fall in love with, much like Yogi Berra himself.
9: Yeah, they did a wonderful job. His granddaughter, Lindsay, who has a background in the media, uh, very well-spoken and understands storytelling. Uh, Lindsay was the impetus behind it. And I think it's a good blend of his playing career which to a certain extent is underappreciated, especially by younger fans, because they know him as this almost cartoon character who says really funny things that have their own internal logic, but it blended that aspect of him, the great baseball playing aspect. For seven straight years uh, in the 50s, he finished no lower than fourth in MVP voting and won it three times. Um, But the Yankees had so many great players through the years Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio and Mantle, and then subsequently Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Reggie Jackson had his moments. Uh, So Yogi kind of got lost in the baseball shuffle. So they make that case, but then they also tell his life story of growing up on the Hill here in St. Louis and his longstanding love affair with Carmen. Uh, They were married for more than 60 years. Uh, The fact that he was at D-Day and got a a Purple Heart after the fact because he didn't want to apply for the Purple Heart because he thought it would worry his mother that he had been injured uh, in service. All that stuff comes together. It's a textured story of a great American life.
5: Bob, when I'm looking at St. Louis, and I'm sure every city feels this way, but I look at the the number of athletes, the number of broadcasters. I feel like St. Louis has, you know, so much talent that has come out of here. And and so, where would you put St. Louis on the list of of famous athletes and broadcasters that are are part of the history in this city?
9: Well, a healthy number of outstanding athletes, including Jason Tatum mm-hmm. of the Celtics, who scored 51 in Game Seven the other day uh, against the Seventy Sixers. Broadcasters, I think largely because of, and I hope I can say this on your station, largely because of KMOX and its 50,000 watts, and Randy was there for a while, he knows all about it, and the fact that the Cardinals were the southernmost and westernmost Major League franchise prior to expansion, truly a regional franchise with those 50,000 watts booming out, uh, built a reputation so that KMOX could attract talent that was network-level talent. There was a time when KMOX could have almost stocked a network sports division by themselves. So you, you think about Harry Carey and Jack Buck, of course, those two are at the top of the list. But, you know, Dan Dierdorf spent time at KMOX. Gary Bender had a fine career at CBS. Milo Hamilton is in the broadcaster's wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was with several teams, but the Cardinals were one of them. And then you add Joe Buck to that. Dan Kelly was in his era, uh, the equivalent of Doc Emmerich more recently as the guy acclaimed as the best hockey announcer uh, at that time. And I'm leaving people out. Uh, So when it comes to broadcasting, uh, it's quite a list.
4: Hey, Bob, I want you to repeat the story that you told last night uh, uh, with the panel discussion about Yogi Berra and your daughter.
9: Oh, my daughter, Taylor, who I guess appropriately went on uh, to get a master's in education and teach ninth grade English literature at the high school level. uh, She was always a reader. She didn't just do her homework. She would read for her own enjoyment, even as a seven or eight year old in the summertime when school wasn't in session. And one of the many books uh, that she came across kind of on her own was a little book called The Yogi Book, which was a compilation of all of his um, well-known statements. You know, he's in Bartlett's book of famous quotations about as often as Winston Churchill. So, (laughs) At one point, she's a little girl, and she says to me, Dad, do you know Yogi Berra? Well, yeah, I know Yogi Berra. And she said, you know, I'm reading this book, and he's amazing, blah, blah, blah. So a few years later, I'm talking with Yogi, and I said, you know, my daughter is a big fan of yours. And he says, whoa, I'd like to meet her. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So we went to Montclair, New Jersey, where Yogi and Carmen live, and we had lunch with Yogi and his wife, Carmen. At that point, Taylor was like 14 or 15 years old, but just think about that. The average person, nice person, would say, "That's really nice." Maybe if she's at the ballpark, I'll say hello or tell her I appreciate it. Or would would she like an autograph? That would be a, a lovely gesture. Mm-hmm. He went way beyond that. He said, "Let's have lunch."
1: <laughs> That's a great story, and it was just great seeing too. And I know that you mentioned that it was kind of. Painted in media back then that he was almost like a comic book character, but it, he had, was such a great person. And just seeing that whole story on the field, off the field, and also the yogiisms. We've been talking about that a lot today, and we talked about that with Lindsay as well, where they were very simple, but they made sense. And they were very unique to him, and they were actually very smart. Is there any yogiisms that were your favorites and some that you could kind of apply to yourself today?
9: Well, one that does get mentioned in the uh, documentary. And I actually used it at the beginning of my eulogy for Stan Musial about 10 years ago. Yogi's astute observation. Always go to your friend's funerals. Otherwise, they won't go to yours.
1: (laughs) I love that one, yes.
5: (laughs) Bob, you have the Cardinals tonight on MLB Network. What have you seen uh, from them so far this season? Obviously, the season didn't start off the way that they wanted it to, but they've been picking it up lately. What have you seen from them?
9: Yeah, that's what I've seen. Uh, you know, you you look, you take a look at the standings. You see the Cardinals at the bottom, uh, mired multiple games under 500. That's just not a Cardinal thing. Uh, they've won, I think, eight of their last ten, and they've won their last three series against the Cubs, the Red Sox, and most recently the Brewers. And now the Dodgers come in, best record in the National League. They're going to be uh, a test. Uh, as you recall, they swept the Cardinals out on the West Coast three straight uh, in April. And that really set the Cardinals into their tailspin. And since then, the Dodgers have been playing the best ball uh, in the National League and rivaling the Rays for the best ball overall. Uh, since that time, they've won, I think, 15 of 18. I'm saying I think. When I get on the air tonight, I'll know for sure. <laughs> you know, I'll just say, you know, on national TV, I kind of think. and uh, I, I think they won three of or four. Or, I don't know. Maybe it's four or five. <laughs>
4: Uh, Bob, one of the interesting things about the Cardinals, and this is with three different managers, and you know as well as anybody about the Cardinal continuity. But three different managers during the last six seasons, before the All Star break, the Cardinals play five oh seven ball, and after the All Star break, the Cardinals play five ninety five ball. I don't know why, but there there seems to be some secret sauce with the Cardinals that uh, maybe it's a plan that allows them to play much better after the break than they play before the break.
9: Well, as they say in the long season in baseball. Um, the truth of your roster, the truth of the quality of your team usually plays out over a long period of time. Uh, the Cardinals are now six and a half back of the Brewers. Uh, Brewers are a good team. That starting rotation is very impressive. Cardinals beat Corbin Burns last night. Uh, so six and a half is a hill to climb, but it's not impossible. Much more than half the season remains, and now you have three wild cards. So the Cardinals aren't out of it, and the track record says we don't have to just look at – the last several years, you can even look at last year. And they won 93 games last year. Uh, There's talent on the roster. The biggest concern for me would be, uh, can they pull together a consistently effective starting rotation? Adam Wainwright going tonight has been knocked around a little bit in his first two starts back from rehab. That can be one component of that. Matthew Libertor last night, very encouraging. Uh, The bullpen, you know, I'm telling you, Stuff your listeners already know. The bullpen has blown more saves than any other team in baseball to this point in the season. If that doesn't change dramatically, then they're not going to be in the postseason.
4: Hey, Bob, how do you like the new schedule? I don't have a problem with seeing every player, but I would like to have a more balanced schedule. I loved the schedule that you proposed 20 years ago. What do you think of the way it's set up now?
9: Well, I understand their motivation. Uh, they want Shohei Otani or whoever it might be to come to every ballpark at least every other year in the other league and for each team to play every year. So next year the Cardinals will play a series against the Angels. The Angels were here earlier this season. I understand that, and it's it's part of the way the game needs to be marketed now uh, to get the, the stars of the game to become national figures, not just local and regional figures. The problem, if there is one with the schedule now, isn't so much – the reduced number of games from 19 to 14 against the teams in your own division, it's that it's almost impossible to construct a schedule where you're playing most of your games in September within your own division, which increases the drama of a pennant race. But now there are so many boxes that have to be checked, interleague play and all the rest, uh, that it's, it's difficult to really have it be fair and even uh, what will matter more and more isn't just who you play, but when you play them over the course of the season. Do you catch them when they're on a hot streak, or do you catch them when they're when they're a little bit more vulnerable?
4: And to your point, the last time the Cardinals see the Cubs in 2023 is July 30th. That just is not right. I, all due respect to Rob Manfred, the Cardinals and Cubs have to play after July 30th, don't they?
9: Yeah, <laughs> it, it isn't right, especially if the Cardinals and Cubs should be neck and neck in a race. It takes the drama away, but You know what's coming when they add two expansion teams and they will eventually and they go to 32 teams. The odds are that they go to eight four team divisions and two wild cards in each league. So the four division winners plus two wild cards would make the postseason and then they will realign and the Cubs and Cardinals remain in the same division, probably with the Royals and the White Sox certainly the White Sox and Cubs being the same division, the Mets and Yankees, the same, the Angels and Dodgers, the same, um, to, to highlight those, those rivalries. So the leagues will go away uh, in large part, and it will become more, you know, who's your city or who's your natural rival. Hey,
4: Bob, one more thing, because we have a lot of younger listeners, people that are, are 25 and younger, that might not realize how meaningful it is for Bob Costas to come into St. Louis and do games at Bush
9: Stadium. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, You know, you have that hometown feeling. I try to get back to St. Louis as often as I can, and when people ask me, I know people have heard me say this before, uh, what's your hometown? Uh, I always say St. Louis. Uh, Many people think of it that way. They'll say, you're from St. Louis, aren't you? Strangers, someone you're sitting next to on a plane or or whatever. Uh, But it's also just a very nice feeling to see all the familiar faces. I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the people who work at the ballpark. Uh, and in the press box, or uh, the person who checks your credential at the clubhouse. Uh, It's just different for me walking into the ballpark in St. Louis than any other city.
4: Robert, it was good to see you last night. It's always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. And go get him tonight with Tom Verducci on MLB Network.
9: Thanks, Randy.
4: Take care. That is the Hall of Famer, the great Bob Costas, joining us on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy, coming up, will react to some of what Bob had to say about uh, that documentary. It's it's fantastic. And, of course, what's going on in Major League Baseball next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: Cardinals aren't out of it, and the track record says, we don't have to just look at the last several years, you can even look at last year. And they won 93 games last year. There's talent on the roster. The biggest concern for me would be, can they pull together a consistently effective starting rotation? Adam Wainwright going tonight has been knocked around a little bit in his first two starts back from rehab. That could be one component of that. Matthew Libertor last night, very encouraging. Uh, The bullpen has blown more saves than any other team in baseball to this point in the season. If that doesn't change dramatically, then they're not going to be in the postseason.
4: Bob Costas joining us in our last segment here on 101 ESPN. That is an alarming statistic. The Cardinals have lost some games in the ninth inning, but As troubling are those games that you lose when you blow a save in the seventh or the eighth. And the Cardinals just need to be more consistent out of the bullpen. And one of the reasons that Brooke and Kerry that they have missed out on victories and blown saves is because this bullpen is kind of overcooked because they just haven't gotten the club hasn't gotten enough innings out of their starting pitching.
5: Yeah, there was a stretch there where it felt like no matter who they put in, it just didn't go well, whether it was uh, Helsley or Hicks or, or Cabrera was was did pretty well, but Gallegos had, had blown up one time. It was It felt like whoever they put in, in whatever situation, it was the wrong person for that particular day, for that particular situation. I think that they have corrected some of those things. I think they're starting to figure out how to finish games, which obviously is important, but... The most important part, and we've talked about this time and time again, is the starting pitching giving you six innings, five and two-thirds, six and two. Get us, get us into the sixth inning at least mm-hmm. before we have to eat that bullpen up. And, and so they're not so taxed throughout the entire season.
1: Well, and that's why it's kind of good that they're going with the six-man rotation for now, because guess what? Are you getting any breaks coming up? Nope, man. Nah. Nope. So you're going to really, really tax this bullpen moving forward. And... Like you, to your point, CD2, it really does all come back to the starting rotation. Them getting deeper into games, quality starts, all that kind of stuff to kind of help alleviate some of that pressure that's on the bullpen right now, too. And also making sure the guys will stay healthy for the rest of the Mm -hmm. season. You have to think about that as well, because we're just in May. You got to keep those arms healthy, especially in the bullpen later on in the season, too. And
4: I think some people, old school people like me, remember Danny Cox coming up and giving the Cardinals seven innings 40 years ago when he came up. That's just not how baseball go right now. It's a different sport. Libertor last night gave the Cardinals five innings, but he threw 95 pitches. Pitchers just don't go 140 pitches anymore like they used to. used to be able to bring up a horse, and he, he would give you... Seven innings off the bat. That doesn't even happen with veteran pitchers anymore. They don't give you seven innings. So, what you see is what you get from Libertor. But I do think that the Cardinals are in a situation now where their nominal big three, and I'm not even going to count Jordan Montgomery, but in terms of innings, and Montgomery has been a, a 200 inning guy. So, maybe I should. Maybe the big four, you should count on them, like you said, CD, to get you into the seventh inning. Go at least six into the seventh, and that's. Wainwright, Flaherty, Michaelis, Montgomery.
5: I think Libertor could have done it had he not walked uh, Adamas that first at bat mm-hmm. when he got into the sixth inning. I think that was kind of, okay, let's, let's get him out of here. He's done a fantastic job up until this point. Let's get him out so we don't get any, you know, anything that just happens that could ruin his confidence going forward. I, I thought he pitched really well. Again, I would have liked to have seen him not get that first batter out and see if he were able to get out of that inning because he was, he was rolling along and doing really well.
4: Yeah. The other thing Bob talked about was the documentary that Brooke and I saw last night. You can see it in theaters tomorrow. It's called, and it's a Yogi Bear quote, It Ain't Over. It Ain't ain't Over Till It's Over. But one of the, to me, I guess the most interesting part of the documentary is that the Cardinals could have had Yogi Bear very, very easily. They gave Joe Garagiola a $500 contract to sign. They grew up across the street from each other, and Yogi wanted a $500 contract to sign. The Cardinals would only offer $250. So, what happens if Yogi Berra signs with the Cardinals to join Stan Musial? They would have played together from 1946 to 1963, and as we all know, Yogi went to 14 World Series and played in 10, taking nothing away from what Tim McCarver was able to do in the the latter part of Yogi's career, but. As Bob mentioned, seven consecutive years, top four in the MVP. He won three MVPs. If you have Musial and Barra hitting back-to-back in those years, could you imagine what wow. what it, it would have been like? Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it really, really would have. And we talked about this, too. Something that stood out to me that they discussed early on in the documentary, too, is the way that Yogi Berra was able to elevate everybody around him. So you kind of go through his whole career path, obviously, with him as a player, and seeing how he elevated the pitchers, how he was able to elevate really just everyone and bring out the best. The way that he also welcomed in Jackie Robinson during that time, too, was huge. He was just somebody that seemed very charismatic, but had that ability to kind of, you know, guide people in the right direction and also seeing that continue in his managerial career as well, where he was able to elevate every single ball club that he was a part
4: of. And to take a micro view of that, I didn't realize this. But pretty much everybody credits Yogi Berra for Don Larson throwing the perfect game in the 1956 Mm. World Series. It's almost like Larson doesn't get credit at all. Yogi (laughs) Berra from the people that were there gets all the credit, which I guess is deserved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it was just such a cool story. And I hope that everybody takes the time to go see it. I hope that you take your children to go see it, too, because it's a beautiful story about him as a person off the field, but on the field, understanding how much he affected the game into what we're able to see and enjoy now, how many players... Layers that he's touched. I mean, they even had Derek Jeter a part of mm-hmm. it as well, too. And Jeter talks about how much Yogi helped him, too. I mean, it's it's incredible to see how one person was able to affect a game so much.
4: Yeah, it was. It, it's a really well-done documentary. Brooke, Carrie, Randy. By the way, we're here till 11 today. The balloon party taking a day off for some reason. Yeah, but coming up, tournament. we've got rock and roll <laughs> here on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tyronoff. Auto centers.
0: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
4: We're here till eleven but we're going to do rock and roll right now. Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, we got a little breaking news here.
6: Front Office Sports, always a great follow on uh, the Twitter tweets because they, they always break news like this. They sent out a tweet a few minutes ago saying, ESPN is laying the groundwork to sell its channel directly to cable cord cutters as a subscription streaming service in the coming years. This is per the Wall Street Journal. It appears to be a matter of when, not if, ESPN goes direct to consumer. Talks have begun on the project internally coded, quote-unquote, flagship. I love this move by ESPN. I've, I have I thought ESPN Plus it has its flaws, but it's a really a great service to getting all the college basketball you could ever watch, but the ability to just get away from even like a YouTube TV subscription, which just doubled its uh, monthly fee um, earlier this month, Um, to get away from that and just be able to do completely a la carte. I've been waiting for this and I I,
1: I really hope this is where TV goes. I I like it a lot too. I have um, and I wonder... I
4: prefer quality video but you, you, I'm different.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing. So I don't know if you guys have heard does anybody have Fubo TV? Is that how you say it? Fubo TV? I, I do not have it. I love it because even if I'm not at home able Mm -hmm. to watch on TV I can just pull it up and stream it on the app and I just feel like that's the way that things are going right you need to make it accessible for everybody where it's like okay where do I need to go for this this and this and somebody texted in ESPN plus is garbage it has been that is a very fair statement Mm. hopefully they'll start moving in the right direction because also they had that big deal with Pat McAfee which Mm -hmm. is huge and Pat says that they're going to be able to have full control it's not going to be a situation where they have to change a lot of things and Pat McAfee is just killing it right yeah, now. He, is. he he is well-loved by NFL fans and just anybody in general, it feels like.
4: Yeah, roger. What makes ESPN Plus so bad?
1: Uh... <laughs> I
3: think listen, it's just it, it's it's, it's, just not, there. it's
1: not the most I mean it's listen it's not
3: That's the most user friendly. Yeah, yeah, it's not
6: the most user friendly mm-hmm. thing in the world. It has the same issues that other uh, apps around streaming have. Bally Sports Midwest has the same app. You can't, you know, m- moving around the app without your stream completely falling yes. apart or resetting to the very beginning or those little things. Those are the issues ESPN Plus has, but again, I never have any problem with
4: it at all. I never.
6: never. I, and seeing, I don't have the issues with ballys that everyone else has mm-hmm. either. But I just know that it's a common thing out there. I don't have those issues. Mm-hmm. I think ESPN Plus is great. And again, you went from you went from never being able to find your college basketball team if you weren't playing in a in a power six conference to now you literally have every single game at your fingertips. That's a great start to what mm-hmm. sports needed to be, and ESPN being the the, the middleman. And this just is the next step.
4: You know what's interesting is that probably 20 years from now, cable TV will cease to exist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
5: that's kind of the the way of the world. No one, I mean, everything, no one really uses cable. They, everyone does the streaming. They find different uh, avenues to get their, their information and their, their sports. And so you don't really have a, a requirement
4: to have, One of those cable. And you know what's amazing is that so much money, even during the especially during the pandemic, has been spent on home theater and sound Mm -hmm. systems, and there's no way that you can get premium quality video or audio from a streaming service.
6: And I'm Mm -hmm. the last person to complain about all the different streaming services and I have to pay nine different subscription fees. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if I can get if I can get it slight even slightly cheaper and I'm just and I just have like FX, ESPN, MLB Network, Mm -hmm. NBA TV, and like one other channel. Like, if you find a way to give me, like, five a la carte channels, I would buy that all day and be completely happy with it. Well,
5: you know, with cable, you have all of those channels. I only watch 10. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe 15. I doubt it, though. It might not even be 10. It's it's a handful of channels that you really watch on a consistent basis, and you're paying for... 250 channels and you're not watching 235 of them
1: yeah and also uh, i feel like too a lot of people having worked in cable myself a lot of people when i talk to them about it you know, they say once they cut the cord, they really don't go back, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know of anybody who's cut the cord and just said, yeah, I feel like I'm really missing cable TV right now and like the 200 plus channels that you're talking about and getting gouged by DirecTV and some of the other big companies as well, too. I I haven't met anybody that's like, I cut the cord. I regret it. I'm going back.
4: Yeah, but... If you wind up, like Matthew said, with five platforms, you wind up spending the same amount of money. And by the way, NBC uh, is going to have a playoff, an NFL playoff game on Peacock. There's no chance that I will buy Peacock just to watch an NFL wildcard game. No chance at all. That's fair. And by the way, it's going to be shown on local NBC affiliates in the home city. So if Mm. it's a game between Miami and the Raiders a first-round playoff game on Peacock. It'll be shown on the NBC Affiliates in Miami and Vegas. So uh, unless you're a huge Raider fan or Dolphins fan, why would you buy Peacock just to watch that game? I don't think the Raiders are going to have to worry about that. No, I don't either. I'm just throwing out a team. <laughs> I was going to say the Bills, but they aren't going to be playing. My, okay. I don't think they'll be playing Miami in the Maybe. first round. Maybe. Yeah, Jets win the division. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah.
1: And you have we have people texting in now that you end up paying the same amount um, with Cable and cutting the cork, which is a free... Uh, I think that that's a fair point, honestly, because you do... Once yeah. you start, especially if there's a lot of different things you're wanting to watch, it does add up. I'm hoping that eventually it gets to the point that it's they're going to get to the point where they start bundling things more, mm-hmm. which is what Cable <laughs> did, right? hmm you're laughing. Why? Because like, it's just—it's funny that we we're circling it yeah, back. It's, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, I mean, we're literally circling <laughs> right back. It's—it's it's, we
6: tried to get away from words like bundling and things like well, that, and then here nope, it, it comes, well,
4: comes right steaming around the corner. And here's what's also going to happen, and I'm sure that the scene has already been set for this, but as people cut back on cable and those cable fees, that for example, Spectrum. Are not receiving anymore Or AT&T That's going to be Made up for somewhere Guess where In your internet connection mm-hmm. <laughs> In your Wi Fi, You're going to be wind up well, You're going to wind up Paying more for your Your internet
1: Yeah Yeah
6: I, I think over the years Because I've I had The last time I had a cable subscription mm. Was when I was in college mm-hmm. and I think over the last 10 years I've saved money It hasn't been a lot mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a It's a stark huge difference yeah. But I have saved money And I haven't had to Haggle over bills Like I had to For the four years I was Buying cable in college
4: no. I never have to haggle, haggle over bills I, I guess people treat me better
6: <laughs> Fair enough Spectrum, thank you <laughs> Spectrum, thank Speaking you. of needing to treat some people better uh, It looks like uh, the Coyotes are going to be playing in Mullet Arena next year We yep. talked about this yesterday But the future of the Arizona Coyotes is obviously... Um, it's pretty much up in the air right now. They said there is no plan B behind getting a stadium built in Tempe, which means they're not going to be in Arizona much longer. The name that came out yesterday, because my big question yesterday was, what city is there? I was kind of shocked. The most popular name that came up, and people put out that they have a hockey arena and things like that, Salt Lake City.
4: That'd be interesting. That's a good market. Give me a,
6: ma- a second major team. Why not? Yeah.
4: Uh, Well, Kansas City will be in the mix, although the Sprint Center would have to be upgraded. They're talking still about Atlanta again. Why, I don't know. They haven't been able to make it work there. But they have a year. Would I be surprised if one of the Native American tribes out in the the Valley of the Sun in Scottsdale would say, we'll build you an arena? Now with legalized gambling Mm -hmm. and the fact that people can come out and watch a hockey game, there's a huge area talking stick in Scottsdale. And I'm shocked that it hasn't already happened because there were tribes that were willing to build a stadium for the Cardinals in, Glendale, uh, uh, in, the, in the Valley of the Sun. They wound up having a stadium built in Glendale. But I would not be surprised at all if the, the Coyotes would partner with one of the, the tribes out there and, and build on some of that land.
6: I'm all for it. I, I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah,
4: yeah. Build it right next to Talking Stick Casino, and the NHL obviously has embraced gambling. I wouldn't be surprised if that would happen.
6: Yeah, I mean it, it, that that's a great plan. And honestly, I'm I'm now down 100 percent with giving either Portland or, or Salt Lake their their yeah, second franchise. Why not? See if it can work. Yeah. I said, it, the only issue is those being basketball cities, right? And and that literally over wraps completely yeah. with the NHL season. And we always talk about. The corporate money and things like yeah. that. So, might Focus it all
4: in. I think it would work. Yep. That is Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN. We are here for the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to tell you what's going on in the 10 o'clock hour. First of all, Tim and uh, T-Mac and Ajax aren't here. I don't know why. why. Anybody know where they are? are they playing yeah, oh, yeah, Jackson's golf? Yeah, Ajax going to be oh. celeb
6: oh. shotting on the Shocking. fifth hole of, at Normandy for the next six, seven hours. Okay. Wow.
4: Good. As well, as long as they're having fun. Hey, <laughs> Caleb <laughs> Love has decommitted from Michigan, the St. Louisan who played on North Carolina's national championship team. And now is, well, he decommitted from North Carolina, committed to Michigan. Now he's decommitted from Michigan. So what's next? That's next on 101
0: ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: All right, this is uh, something that Matthew Took a look at Caleb Love decommitting from Michigan. Dan Dierdorf will always tell us, "Hey, not everybody can get into Michigan," and apparently there are some issues with uh, with Caleb being able to uh, get his classes set to become a Wolverine. Matthew, what's the, what's the story? <laughs> oh,
6: apparently uh, his credits aren't going to transfer from UNC, and so this is a little column A. Michigan's hard to get into. Little column B, UNC apparently took no edits when they got, you know, hit for a little bit by the NCAA when they were, you know, having basket weaving classes and they were writing the kids' hmm. paper form and taking the test form. Apparently, UNC took a slap on the wrist and did nothing to change how they were building their their athletes' class schedules and really doing the athletes a disservice because his Credits aren't transferring, and now he cannot go to Michigan. So you know you're what?
5: saying at North Carolina they don't play school either? Apparently
7: no. not, Carrie. Mm. And here's the thing: this is another <laughs> Robert is another Quinn, lesson.
4: former St. Louis Rams defensive end, literally took literally took a basket weaving class yep. at Good North Carolina. Like,
6: they, <laughs> took a, they took a joke that I was hearing from my mom about Florida State in the '90s, and them. they actually did it twenty years later. I mean, hey. If you
5: go to the – here's my thing. This, always this is always why been you don't my, self-report, though, by the way. This is my thing. This is why I've always had a problem with people saying, oh, you go to school. To, you go to school to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if your job happens to be in the NBA or the NFL, then you not really need school. I mean, if you're going there, it, it's it, you have to go there, too. Mm-hmm. But do you have to graduate? There are many people that are successful that don't graduate college. Right. And there are many people that make it to the NBA and NFL without graduating college. They go back. Some do. But some don't. I mean, you know,
1: you go to school to get a job. I think, and I agree with that. I think that, you know, they always say student athletes. It should be athletes (laughs) that are somewhat students. Because that's just the way it is. Especially for the really, really talented guys. To your point that you know we're going to go to the NFL, NBA. But you can never bank on everything going out perfectly i think at least at least you should get a business degree because if you go off into the nfl nba then at least you have some of that experience when it comes to maybe financial management different things like that or even you know investing in businesses too I feel like it would work out for you in the future, Stetson Bennett. It makes know. sense. To, I mean, if you're
5: there for seven years, six years, you should have a degree. I mean, you could fall into a degree.
1: You could fall into a degree. You could literally, Something. Fa- you
5: could fall, like fall, trip
6: over the stage, and boom. Oh no, I have, leisure, I have a leisure studies degree. How'd that I, happen? Th- you looking
5: at one right here. <laughs> There's <laughs> sorry. We changed it.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. But that I, felt but personal. Until, that felt personal. Until <laughs> a
5: few years ago, it was... We call it leisure studies.
4: Sporting management <laughs> now, but when I graduated, it was leisure studies. Nothing wrong with that. What are studying you studying? Leisure? Exactly. Yeah. So, here's my question. If you are Travis Ford in St. Louis University, and you're a strong academic institution, and they're all about kids going to class, I wonder if the North Carolina credits won't transfer to Michigan, will they transfer to a St. Louis University? And, here's the other thing. If you do allow Caleb Love into your school, does that say something about your academic standing? Michigan wouldn't allow those credits, apparently, to transfer. That's the story we have. So are you risking your academic reputation? And do you care about your academic reputation if you wind up getting Caleb Love? How how long has Caleb been at? University of North Carolina was it three years two years I think right was it two or maybe it's three
5: with Cause 21 yeah. 22 two or three either way
4: yeah he was he, a sophomore when,
5: when they won so yeah three he, he should have had some classes like you you normally your first couple of years you're going to take your electives you're going to kind of learn about how to go about the process of college mm-hmm. and then you know you get into your third year you should be in your classes that are your major because you got to have the electives all of that It's interesting that he is not able to get enrolled in another university. That, I mean, that does speak poorly to what UNC is doing with their program. And I think if any young player, parents of a young player is looking at that, you might be trying to figure out, well, what the hell is going on? Because if my son doesn't, if he's not fortunate enough to make it to the NBA, he's going to need that degree. And if North Carolina isn't producing, you know, those courses that are allowing those kids to
4: graduate, that's not great. Sometimes, though, you have to take it upon yourselves to, as an institution, to say, you know what, he's going to be a great student for me, and you're St. Louis U. and you let him in, and he's a basketball player, and you make sure that he does go to class. He has a fine high school education, does he not, Matthew?
6: Yes, he's a great at high
4: school education. Are you kidding me? Okay, mm, what school do he go to? CBC, baby. Mm. So he'll be fine <laughs> at St. Louis U. So uh, St. Louis Lots U. make, make it happen.
1: Well, and here's the thing that was kind of confusing to me, and I, I get that Michigan probably has really high standards, and all that. but don't they usually find a way to to make it you have make to it find work? A way. you find a way. It's not like it's like Vanderbilt or something like that. Also recruiting at Vanderbilt, I mean, you deserve an award for that because that has to be like one of the toughest mm-hmm. SEC schools to recruit in. But I do I did compile a very quick list for you guys of some easy majors, okay. maybe maybe to look into
4: communications.
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> that's that's one. Yeah. How about bakery science over at Kansas State University? Bakery
7: science. Bakery
1: science. Science. <laughs> science. Excuse me. Hmm. Costume technology.
4: Well, I like that a lot.
1: I don't know why technology is a part of that. Um, Egyptology, which would be something I wish I could go back and do because I. Of Egypt? Oh my god, that'd be so cool, King right? Tut, what is it yeah. called? Egyptology.
5: Egyptology. Ooh, yeah. These are some interesting
4: majors.
1: Popular music.
4: Hmm. That's a good one. I like that's that a, as a major. That's at
1: USC, amusement park engineering over at Ohio University. Uh,
5: engineering can get a little hairy. Oh uh, well, yeah, especially uh, with uh, an amusement, amusement park. park? Yeah, yeah, but, but it's but, in engineering. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, we got an audio engineer. What do you say, Rock?
6: Uh, that's tricky. <laughs> I, could have, I, mean, I could have done that engineering. I, I, I knew engineering uh, students at Mizzou. I dropped out of engineering my freshman year.
5: There the thing you
4: is, you, you engineer a roller coaster that breaks, and then all of a sudden you get sued. Exactly. Yeah. You Here's
5: why, there's one thing I know. If Caleb Love couldn't get into Michigan, he can't get into Illinois, so we don't have to worry about it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're like that. I mean, Mizzou, probably, but... Illinois,
1: nah. You don't think
5: Underwood do want would want Terrence love sure. over there? He might want him, but yep. if he can not get into Michigan, he can't get in
4: there. Bob Huggins just took a million do, dollar pay cut at West Virginia. There. Uh, and so back when Charlie, this is how far back this goes Charlie Spoonaro was at Missouri State. He said, I could get anybody into that school. He said, I'd just go to my <laughs> athletic director. He'd go to the president. I could get anybody into that school. But there was one guy that I couldn't get in and he gets a call one day from Bob Huggins, who at the time was at Cincinnati. He says, hey, what do you think of this player? Charlie says, Bob, I love him. Tried to get him in here, but I couldn't get him in here. He's the only player I could never get into Missouri State. And Huggins says, well, we just got him in, and we're going to have him. And it was Nick Van Exel.
9: Oh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Nick the Quick. Yeah. So uh, good luck to Caleb Love, because he is an NBA player, and you know he could have committed he could have gone to the, into the draft. I don't know where he would have been drafted in the NBA, but he could have gone into the draft. But the fact that he wants to go to school and play a little bit more is great. And hopefully he'll be able to play close home. And we should note that he chose Michigan over Mizzou when he made the decision to commit to the University of Michigan. I, I have to believe that Dennis Gates and the University of Missouri are still going to—they uh, love that transfer portal. Rock, rock. They'll, they'll still be pursuing him. Rock is upset about that. Oh, don't be
6: upset. Listen, I mean, he, listen, he, his family has connections to Missouri. If he if he comes to plays from Missouri, I'm not going to be angry at the kid for doing it. I just think that 37% from the field in Gates' system is a risky well, type of player to put in there.
4: I'll do respect. And I, I have a, a lot of respect for your basketball knowledge. I have more for Dennis Gates. <laughs>
5: Ah, You know what? I I would have to lean with you on this one, Randy. Nothing nothing against you, Rock. And I think you're fantastic. But however, I I think I would lean with Dennis Gates as well. If he's saying it's okay, meh. (laughs) I <laughs> think he knows a little bit more than all of us in here, especially about his team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And, and his offense. <laughs> maybe, maybe he plans to change the system a little bit, and that would, I would be wrong. Oh, that's the only way you're – oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not the only um, way. What do we have later? Because, because we want we to get to this 10-30 We'll We're get to that. Oh, yeah, the hill to die on. Yeah. You know, oh, right. There's Fox, always hill right. a hill. Rocks Rocks a to
4: die on. But uh, next up, we've got the mystery game. Oh, Lord. I've got a mystery game for Matthew and, and Brooke and Carrie next on 101 ESPN. one you.
0: The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Caricker. It is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. So the other day, I was driving down the road, listening to the folks on MLB Network Radio talking about. The best team in Major League Baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays have a three and a half game lead over the number two team in all of baseball. The Orioles have the second best record and the guys on MLB Network are talking about all these great players that the Rays have and I'm saying huh 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 I thought this would be a fun game because if I participated I would not be great. The name of today's game is Ray or not a Ray? So I will name oh my God. a player. You have to tell me whether or not that player is a member of the Tampa Bay Rays or not a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. Whoever scores the most wins. Oh, this is going to be bad.
1: Okay. How much is their payroll again, by the it's way? Something
4: like uh, what, seventy million or something like that. So this is gonna
1: be difficult. It will be it can, difficult. Because that's that's pretty I think it's yeah. the lowest in major league baseball. Yeah, right now. if,
4: if you, I think the A's are lower. Oh, you're but, right. I, but yes. I'm not gonna have A's or not A's because no, so, honestly this. you could have <laughs> done
6: you could have done Ray or guy from my graduating class at Parkway North, and I think we probably so, would do about the same. Ray
4: so, Ray if, or Nay. If Ray or Nay, there you go. Yeah. Well done. So if you get it right, you get And if you get it wrong, you get... Okay, who would like to go first in this game? CD, you want to go first? CD? I'll go. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's get it.
1: Okay. (laughs) I heard CD say yes.
4: Here we go. Uh, Taylor Walls, Ray or Nay? I'm going to say Ray. (laughs) Carrie has a point. Taylor Walls is leading that team in OPS. It's unbelievable. So the Tampa Bay Rays, it's one of the craziest things you'll ever see. They've got six guys with OPS pluses above 140, which is just outrageous. And Taylor Walls of the Tampa Bay Rays has an OPS of 930. He's got an OPS of 930. So congratulations, CD. All right, Brooke, second one. Geraldo Perdomo, Ray or Nay? Nay. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're, <laughs> right. you're oh, right. Sorry, you got <laughs> it right. right. I is, that the wrong the, is that the surprise? <laughs> Geraldo per- Perdomo is hitting very well for the D-back. So Bre- I knew that. Gets a point. <laughs> there you go. Well done.
1: Totally. Knew that.
4: Okay. Uh, Great season for him. Next one for Matthew. Brenton Doyle. Oh, I'm, I'm going with Ray. No, I'm sorry. Press oh. the wrong button again. Oh oh, you're you're like the Steve army, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am shows. totally. Uh, Brent <laughs> Doyle is having a very good year for Colorado. Oh. So uh, he is a nay. Okay. All right. Ray or nay? Back to all right. Kerry. All right. Tim Hill.
5: Uh, I'm going to say
4: Yay. Mm. Is it wrong? Did you do it wrong this time? No. no. Tim Dang Hill is it. a member of the Padres, so he is not a Ray. So that is a, a an X marks the spot for CD. <sighs> okay. Back to Brooke. Brooke. Gregory Soto. Yay? <laughs> Gregory Soto is a pitcher for the Phillies. <laughs>
8: So,
7: uh, no, you got you
4: Everybody who he, played well, for. Matthew. <laughs> Gregory Soto plays for the Phillies. Okay. Um, Matthew. Got to tie this up. Josh Lowe. Yeah, that's a, that's Yeah, yay. I'm that's sorry. correct. I didn't do that one. Josh Lowe is second on that team with a 972 OPS. So right now, we are even. Everybody has one out of two. All right. Randy Rosarino. Uh He is not on my <laughs> list. Oh, why oh, not? <laughs> so uh, so CD Okay Isaac Paredes Ooh I'm gonna say yay <laughs> Isaac Paredes is Having a very good year for them Isaac has a uh, An 865 OPS So Isaac Paredes is a yay Brooke you ready? Yes Jeffrey Springs Yay Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Springs is EA. Yeah, he's an it's, injured pitcher right now. I guess but if we, if he's starting we, pitcher for the Rays. it just
1: only works if we all like kind of have the right feeling going. Mm. Yep.
4: Okay, so that brings uh, Matthew into the mix here. Hold on. So come on, Matthew, keep the Brooke streak got going. That one right, you got yours right, CD mm-hmm. right. So I got to yep. get these, these scores. Okay, Matthew. Okay. You ready?
6: I got to tie it up here, two apiece.
4: Okay, here we go. Brent Rooker. Nay. Mm. No, I'm sorry. Wrong button again. (laughs) Yes! I've got so much control. Yes! Brent, Brent, he is a nay. I've got so much control. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I I have too much control. I can't handle all of this. So uh, Matthew is... Matthew's got two points now. Everybody's <laughs> got two points. Everybody's got two points.
1: Somebody said Randy from the 660. Oh, that's I'm a, a random one. Randy is the new Steve Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. What CD said. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that whole Miss Universe situation. Yeah. You're having your own Steve Harvey moment yep. now.
4: It's okay. Uh, CD Jalen Beeks. <sighs> Let's say nay. Mm. Jalen Beeks is a member of the Rays.
6: Gosh darn it. Okay. I've been confident about one of these. <laughs> and
0: it's low. Who are these people? <laughs> uh, Brooke.
4: Matt Brash. Matt Brash. Ray or nay?
1: Yay? Right? I said no.
4: Matt Brash pitches for Seattle. Okay. Matthew. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, okay, so we've got... We're still two, 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 and two. two. Yep, two, two and two, and this is uh, another one. And uh, so we, we've got a couple more rounds to go here. Okay, Matthew, Elias Diaz, yay! <laughs> Elias Diaz plays for the Rockies. No! Everybody's playing for the Rockies Clearly yeah. uh, That's, that's another, most, it's, it's another Nondescript scene But at least they have The worst Second worst record In their league The Rays have Their three and a half games Up on everybody else In baseball oh And it's, nobody knows their names is,
1: is this turning into The only person we know On this team Is Randy or Rosarena? It's <laughs> Kind
4: it, of Low, Lau, yeah. and Rosarena Are the only ones CD uh, Lau and Low are different Yes Okay There's Brendan Low And Josh Lowe Yes CD, Christian <laughs> Bethencourt.
5: Oh, Ray.
4: Mm, oh, no, wait, wait, wait.
5: Sorry. <laughs> I knew that one. Yeah.
4: Okay. I don't know
5: how I knew that one, but
1: I, I felt very confident in that one. Okay. Part of the surprise is not knowing what the buzzer's going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> uh, that's Ready? Yes.
4: Here we go. Vinny Pasquantino. <laughs> oh. Vinny Pasquantino. I'm going to say Ray. That's a
1: great name, though. Vinny
4: Pasquantino is the first baseman for the Royals. Oh, yeah. They're a good team, huh? (laughs) Yeah, they're great. I love that name, though. Vinny Pasquantino. Yeah, hopefully he makes an all-star. Maybe he'll make an all-star team this year. Okay, let's try this again, Matthew. Harold Ramirez. Nay. Oh. Why did you have to make
7: the noise before (laughs) me?
4: Harold Ramirez has a 934 OPS for the Rays. Oh, that's good for him. So he for the Rays? Yeah. Good for him. He said nay. So he was wrong. So I was wrong. Yeah, that's why I gave him an X.
1: I know hmm. it's confusing because we keep getting different buzzers for different things, but it's, it's I mean, fine.
4: It's I'm fine. Not, I'm not really good at this.
2: Okay, so, I
4: have too much power. <laughs> I have too much power, yeah. So as we speak, Carrie has three, Brooke has two, Matthew has two. All right. One round to go. You got to finish strong. If i get this we, one right. If we have a tie, we have sudden death, okay? Okay. CD. Joe Ryan. Ray or nay?
5: He sounds like a a Philadelphia Philly to me for some reason. I'm
4: going to say nay. Joe Ryan is a member of the Minnesota Twins. Close enough. Close
0: enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a a battle
4: for second place here. Brooke, Luke, Rayleigh. Yay, Ray or nay? Nay. Luke Rayleigh. Another... uh, high ops guy 881 for the Rays.
1: good for him
4: yeah okay so matthew you have a chance to finish in sole possession of second place here all right all right are you ready
6: uh, not really
4: james karinchik Oh.
6: it's <laughs> gotta be one of the random pitchers they have i'm gonna
4: go with oh, yay yeah. <laughs> he's an a he's an a he's a he's a really pitcher for the guardians the god, the god.
7: <laughs> Okay, so
4: uh, Carrie wins with four. I knew he
6: was a relief pitcher.
4: So Brooke and Matthew are tied at two-two. We go to we go to uh, sudden death. Oh Oh, God! Who's the the bottom? (laughs) The barrel. (laughs) Yandy Diaz, Ray or Nay? Yay! Yandy Diaz. I I know that name. He's got one point oh two one OPS. Yandy Diaz is.
1: Good for Yandy. What right. a good name! These are good names.
4: Three twenty-one, four twenty-nine on base, five ninety-three slug. Yandy Diaz is indeed a ray. Let's go, Rock. Okay, Rock. Ready? Yeah, You're I'm cheering ready.
1: for Rock. Come
5: on, Carrie. I'm, I'm just
4: not really. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Thompson. Ray Ooh. or Nay? Who's Yay, sure? Ray.
1: Which one is it, man?
4: I said yay and then ray oh, okay.
6: nay. Yay, okay. ray. I'm so confused. We have, we have a the color. color I don't know.
1: CD's kind of interfering a little bit because uh, you almost you know gave what? it away a little bit because you you were you were chiming in a little bit over here. Uh, I
5: I will step saw it. back away from the mic. I won't say anything. Mum's the word.
4: Uh, Brooke, Drew, Rasmussen, ray or nay? I'm going to say yay. Correct. Okay. Uh, Matthew. Okay. Andrew Vaughn. Ray or nay? Nay. Okay, this is getting out of hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for this you to, to be done. play.
0: <laughs>
4: right okay, it we, matter. We've only got one more round left, okay? All right. Brooke. Pete Fairbanks. Uh, Yay. Where is he from? Where's he from? Come on. Is he from Where is he? here? Uh, he's from here. O'Fallon? Yeah. What uh, area, though? Yeah, I, think I don't f- know what is area. O'Fallon? We, we've had him on the show, I, but I'm not sure exactly.
1: Is he from O'Fallon? Let's see.
4: Hmm.
6: Hmm. Um, oh, Webster Groves.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. St. Louisan.
4: Okay. All right. Uh, So we got... We're going to shake hands if
6: I get this one right. You think... You- I think I'm going to get it wrong. You think? Yeah.
4: Well, you just talked yourself I'm into feeling that. Negative. One, I'm, didn't I'm feeling you?
6: negative about this one. <laughs>
5: of course.
4: Uh, Matthew. <laughs> Clark Schmidt.
6: Clark Schmidt?
4: Ray or nay? Nay. You got it right. Clark yes! Schmidt is with the Yankees. Okay, so there you guys finish in a tie, two-two. Okay. So we're, we're, we're <laughs> just... gonna... Good
6: job, Brooke.
4: So, to reiterate, uh, these are players. These are actual players that play for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yandy Diaz, Josh Lowe, Harold Ramirez, Taylor Walls, Luke Rayleigh, Isaac Paredes, Christian Bethencourt, Jeffrey Springs, Zach Eflin, Jalen Beeks, and Ryan Thompson. They're all members of the team with the best record in baseball. Congratulations. Good job. And that's Ray, Ray or Ney here. On, well, done with the name, too, Thank by the you. way. For sure, uh, CD. And congratulations on your victory. Ah, hey, you
5: know, I, I work hard here and try to do my best that okay. I can. This is my, no victory speech. Okay, it's okay. Hey, they, they, those two giving me side eyes. Oh. I did uh,
1: not. No, somebody <laughs> just texted him, Why can't Brooke understand the game? It's Ray or Nay. I did say that. Yeah, you do.
2: Know. Well, well no, no, yeah, she said yay yeah, yeah, after
5: I screwed it up. In fairness, no one can understand the game when Randy's hitting <laughs> yay or nay on the buzzer. <laughs>
0: you got it right I mean wrong I mean right yeah, okay <laughs> uh,
4: but I at the end of the day we uh, got the scores right
6: I also like how the texters sussed out that no one here plays fantasy baseball this season oh, that's yeah. true no, <laughs> no doubt about it yep
4: uh, Matthew's hill to die on his next on this edition of the balloon party on 101 ESPN
0: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. That is a take. It's a strong take. It's one of the best takes ever. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's my opinion!
8: Well, opinions are like golds. Everybody has one.
5: He's out of line, but he's right. Yeah.
7: Well, you know, that's just like
4: uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Matthew is one to have strong opinions. uh, I've always been somebody, Brooke and and Carrie, that said there's no such thing as a wrong opinion until I met Matthew. (laughs) Oh, come on! It is an opinion, after all. I put
6: three-plus years of conditioning on that one. However,
5: his opinions are... Vastly different from most people, yeah, most humans. So uh,
4: we, we, we we will uh, we will provide Matthew the uh, platform here, a hill to die on as it were. <laughs> Just don't oh, know why man. I don't know how this segment came into. It. Let's slander Matthew and then hey entertain oh. us now. Dance, monkey, dance.
6: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Jeez, you have hot takes. So all right, fine. Throw, and, and, throw one and, of them at us right, right now. Okay,
6: this one is a food take, which oh usually
5: goes oh over
6: so um, well for me on this show. Okay, people are not by the way, getting over the fact that I've never eaten anything off a QT roller. That,
5: That's the, absurd. The, the reaction I got
4: from that mm-hmm. is not, not really from negative. Him.
5: It's absurd of you.
4: Yeah, it is. You've
5: but, never been that hungry. That quick trip was, is, you were getting gas. You saw that rotating hot dog. It looked just pristine and said, now's the time. I'm starving. It's either this hot dog on my arm and there's a hot dog
6: right there. Carrie, I cannot name a time that I was standing at a QT where if I walked out the front door, I couldn't see a place where I could go get a burger and fries within driving distance. Mm, Okay. I'm going to get my candy and maybe the soda, depending on what places are around for the food at QT. And then I'm going to go get a hot... Meal somewhere else where they usually serve hot meals. Big That's my fault. Respectfully. big mistake. Huge. Respectfully.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay. All
6: right. All fine. Right. Well, here's my. Well, other what do food you have. Have. A biscuit should be good enough to eat on its own without any gravy. If you need gravy, you made a subpar biscuit. Oh. Uh, so here's the thing. You also don't. Use, so your
5: favorite biscuit is from where? Popeyes. And you also don't put any jelly on said Popeye no, biscuit. No, so I want a little me, salt,
6: a little butter. That's all me, I let need. Let me ask you a question, Rock.
5: Do you have any beverages in the car with you? I
6: always have a beverage in the
5: so car. So if you me. don't have a beverage, are you just going to eat that biscuit without anything? Just dry mouth and just deal with it from there, possibly choking to death. You don't
6: care. I'll take the risk. You're crazy. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's just purely disgusting. <laughs> but you're not talking to me. Listen, my, so if you my have an is, option, though- so if
5: gravy is available... Or be- breakfast. We're talking about breakfast yes. biscuits. Yes. We're, we're 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 going that route. Yes, sir. You got gravy, uh-huh. and you're gonna. Intentionally leave the gravy to itself and eat that dry ass biscuit without gravy. Well, here's my point, Carrie.
6: Oh, well, well, of course. You should you got be more. able to make a biscuit with a little <laughs> no. moisture How to do it you, to where did I you can make eat the it. biscuit. No, I, I, I can make biscuits. but I'm talking about the other people making these biscuits. I'm just saying, you should be able to, when you put out biscuits and gravy, the biscuit should be good enough that all it needs is a little butter, maybe a little jam. It should not need to be sopped on with a bunch of sausage gravy to be an edible item okay. and not dry my mouth out completely. If that's the Case. If I have to have that, or I will suffocate from the amount from the dryness in my mouth. You're, you made a bad suffocate. biscuit. You
4: made a bad biscuit. But, you, so. you, but
6: you'll suffocate. I will too.
4: Do you, you, you put <laughs> gravy on anything? Dying, I'm dying on that
6: hill. Yeah. Uh, no, I do not.
1: So you just don't like gravy.
6: That's the other part of it. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, now we're we're
6: what kind of. What else don't you like, Rock? Well, that's, 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 that's that's too. No, that's That some people would say. Oh, fine. I like is. I like neither kinds of gravy. I do not like turkey. I do not like gravy on my turkey in Thanksgiving. And I do not like sausage gravy on my biscuits in the morning. What do you eat for for Thanksgiving? I like dark meat. Okay. What I don't else? I like white meat is I mean stuffing. Mac and cheese with stuffing. Stuffing, mac and cheese if it's baked with a fork, uh <sighs> if it's a little bit more, you know, creamy, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the spoon. Uh stuffing, I don't know, cranberries. Okay. That, that's uh, the, the that's, usual the usual Thanksgiving thing. I'm fare. just asking
4: because you, we never know. You, you need right, to make a trek over to Eckert's and go to Eckert's <sighs> restaurant. Yeah. And have their biscuits. Wait, biscuits and gravy, or just the biscuits? No, just the the biscuits. They're a sensation. Now you can put if you put the apple butter on them.
6: Oh They're unbelievable. See that—that that I'm not surprised by at all. I'm—I'm—I am a veteran of Eckerd's. Let me actually rephrase that. I'm an unwilling veteran of Eckerd's mm-hmm. from a long time as, as a kid. Uh, you mm-hmm. can also get their sweet onion Vidalia sauce uh, barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. That thing hits on pretty much Tremendous. anything. Mainly, mainly yeah. you can put that on a QT hot dog and that'd be pretty good. I it. believe. How I would, would you know? know. You've never well. had
4: a QT hot dog, <laughs> sir. Yeah. That
6: would
7: be pretty good.
4: <laughs> I would, by the way. I, I'm not the sort that would order biscuits and gravy at a restaurant i would eat biscuits and gravy if prepared but i would not order it at a restaurant
5: one of my favorite places i, I go there often first watch they have very good biscuits and gravy it's a good choice it's one of my favorite places
1: i think it, yeah i think if it's done well i i guess i can somewhat <laughs> see what rocky is talking about i'm interested that somehow I assume he's saying that he makes the best biscuits. Of course. If you make biscuits, right, and you don't like gravy because you don't think it's necessary, you're telling us that you make the best biscuits in the biz, huh?
6: I don't make the best biscuits. I make good biscuits, but I mean, I'm sure there's a thousand Southern grandmas who make better biscuits than I do. Millions of Southern grandmas who make better biscuits than I do. I'll I'll acquiesce. A good gravy, I
1: think think it accentuates it.
6: It, it, Hey,
1: I won't take that away from anybody,
6: but I just want the biscuit to be good enough that I can eat it without dying What about honey on this hill?
4: What about honey on oh, a biscuit? Oh, always
6: uh, I'm yeah. 100% down with it. Put honey, yeah, put honey on the biscuit 100%. Okay. intriguing. That's, no jam though. That's where that's where Chick-fil-A gets those they put a little honey on the on the bun on like the little mini ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the, that that takes it to the next level completely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. again, you can put put what you want on the biscuit. I'm just saying, I should be able to just to grab that thing and go. Hey, Rock, you are you are Fair correct. Enough. If you feel that way, sir, you, you do your thing. That's a good hill to die on. He,
5: he's, he's got plenty more. We've got plenty more hills for Rock to die on. But coming more. up, we're going to head down
4: the stretch. <laughs> and by the way, we have an extended show tomorrow, so we'll give him another opportunity. Uh, have a wrong opinion.
0: <laughs> but uh, coming up, we'll take
4: of it. a hill to die on. What the hell are the Brewers announcers thinking? That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented
2: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: In the sixth inning of last night's Cardinals game against the Brewers, Brendan Donovan was on first base and... There was a play in which he was running the bases, made his way to second base. And after the game, the Brewers postgame hosts, Craig Koshin and Tim Dillard, talked about the base running play. Brownie Tellez
8: finds Donovan running in the grass, Tim. Right, here, So several things. The Cardinals way, all draw it up. Wainwright was supposed to start this game. They bring in a lefty. Tellez goes to throw the ball. No, sorry, Donovan's running in the grass. There's nothing you can do. And what happens? They eventually, they just keep tacking on these little anomalies till they get the big hit. But my goodness, all this was set in motion last, after last night's game when all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not Wainwright. We're going to bring up this lefty because we know Brewers struggle against lefties. And then all of a sudden, things just fall apart in that way. And I don't know. I, you, there was a lot of players running in the grass. Even on the Caratini play in the fourth, at end of the inning with the bases loaded, uh, saw a guy running in the baseline. It was that newt bar running in the grass. Don't know the rule or what could be done, but if Rowdy Telez would have just let that ball loose and just absolutely square up Donovan in the back, he may never do that again. So that's kind of what I was hoping in that moment, but Rowdy was going, you know what, Burns is cruising right now. The last thing I want to do is throw this ball in the left field and make something happen that's not there. So, I mean, I get one side, but the other, the part of me is like, just hit the guy in the back and then maybe that won't happen again.
4: (laughs) Uh, one thing that if i were in that scenario i would never say is i don't know the rule
5: yeah. that, i mean especially when you're 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 dying on a hill (laughs) you might want to have some information in which you're uh, speaking about
1: that was just uh, and rightfully so it was all over social media last night for many reasons one I want to know who thought of that segment it kind of seems like maybe Dillard because he Mm -hmm. was doing the most speaking about it he seemed very adamant and angry but I don't know does he just want everyone to take notes in the way that he says that it's bad base running it was good base running even Craig Council said so afterwards.
4: And here's Craig Council talking about that particular play. No, that's perfectly legal. Yeah, that's a, that's a legal play. Um, that's good base running. And that's perfectly legal. And <laughs> that's also exactly it, what he's <laughs> supposed to do. Isn't yeah. it? And
1: then also suggesting that you hit an opposing player, too, basically? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, like, and then also just saying that you don't know the rules, but...
7: Yeah, but here's what that's I where
1: it
5: do. is. So
6: that's where it is. I mean,
5: you can hit him. He's still going to be on second base, and then, and then, guess what? Your pitcher's still going to throw a ball down the middle of the plate, and Paul DeYoung's is going to hit into center field. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, who are you mad at? You're mad because he didn't get out of the way. Okay, you still have another opportunity. Go make the right pitch and don't give up a home run. If that's if that's how you feel. If you don't I, like it, play better? If you don't like it, play better. Also Generally upset about
1: Libertor being called up instead of facing Wayno. That was strange. I mean, like, it, it's what, what, what you doing? do. It's what you do. I, I, I mean, like, they also had a whole situation. That they probably weren't predicting that they were going to have to use, like, five guys in the bullpen. Like, mm-hmm. have a bullpen game the other day. But well, I, <laughs>
5: it was they just They cheated strange. by bringing up a left-handed hitter for these professional yep. baseball players last
4: minute. they <laughs> oh, you're cheating the rules. And by the way... Adam Wainwright was not supposed to be live with us yesterday, and the Cardinals made the plan well before Tuesday yes. to bring up Matthew Libertor to pitch that Thursday night game against the the Cardinals. And one other thing, by the way, Craig counsel and I credit him for answering that, that question, but back in an NLCS in probably 2017, 2018 against the Dodgers, he was insistent that... The Brewers were going to play it straight and they weren't going to use an opener. And he even told the broadcasters, hey, we're uh, so the broadcasters start the game thinking, I think it was Wade Miley, was going to uh, pitch as long as they would let him. They take him out after an inning so that they could mess around with the Dodgers lineup. And so if anybody has any issues with the way a lineup is constructed or the way that a pitching staff is utilized, the last people that should be complaining are Brewers people with the brewers because they've done more in terms of chicanery in terms of dealing with the opposition and, and not telling the truth about pitchers than anybody
1: yeah it just it was very weird and that's why i would really love to know where that segment came from because yeah. I understand things happen quickly after the game, especially for post game of just what you are going to discuss on there. That still had to get approved by somebody like somebody actually had to cut the that highlight mm-hmm. of Brendan Donovan and say, yeah, let's put a graphic up in everything. This is good to go. Surely there's nothing weird that we're going to be discussing here that looks pointless and like you're just trying to nitpick in this game.
4: That guy's favorite player is probably Niger Morgan. I'm just <laughs> guessing. <laughs>
5: Oh, no, now
4: the Dodgers come to town, and bro. the Dodgers back to where they always are. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're a great pitching team. They just lost Dustin May. He'll go on the IL with forearm tightness. They still haven't gotten Walker Bueller back, but they they lose Cody Bellinger. They lose last year, Corey Seager. They lose Gavin Lux this year, and they just keep rolling they are the best organization in baseball right now it's um, they keep winning despite who's playing for them it's amazing they Justin Turner's gone but yeah. they just keep winning
1: how many games above 500 are they right now
4: I will check that point.
1: I think it's it's they're... a pretty good amount too and this is what I what I'm saying I mean we I, I asked this to Chip earlier do you think that it's too soon to see if this is like a really good measuring stick for the Cardinals and where they're at and where their rosters at right now too
4: Dodgers are 26-18, and and I don't think it's too early because especially the way the Dodgers treated the Cardinals out there, I think now the Cardinals feel like they've turned things around. We feel like they've turned things around, and hopefully they can put up a better fight against L.A. than they did in L.A. a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would hope so, especially with everybody getting hot. I mean, Noel Narnato, his turnaround (laughs) this month... I mean, has been huge. It's not a coincidence that this team is doing really well That Nolan, since Nolan Aranato has improved and looks more like himself.
5: It's been fun to watch. I mean, you got Nolan Gorman going, you got Nolan Aranato figuring things out. The pitching is, I think, hopefully starting to come around. Those are the things that we've been talking about all season long. Just not having complimentary games where you get good pitching, good hitting, good fielding, all in the same game. It was one of those departments lacking each time. We even got a stolen base last night. We talked about stealing mm-hmm. bags. We got one from Tommy Edmund. Yeah. yeah you,
4: you. It helps. I mean, right. everything helps. And it'll be good to have Adam Wainwright on the mound for his third start now? And uh, he is they, third or it second? Is second. He, I guess second he started, start. yeah, Saturday. Yeah. No. It's second. It was, I think it's yeah, second. Yeah, second. Yeah. That's right. No. Third. I don't know. Third. It's his third. Yeah, it is his third. Yeah, third. Yep. But it'll be good to have him on the mound in a scenario like this, where Guy goes through 36 pitches and Helsley threw 24 last night, and you're going to need some innings out of your starter, and then hopefully you get in there and uh, you, you have, I think the, the major guy will be Cabrera. With a six-man rotation now, you're talking about a bullpen of seven, so you're, you're going to have a more limited bullpen, and I wouldn't be surprised if Polante wasn't available either.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be either. I mean, and this is why I, I touched on this earlier, too. It makes sense that you kind of made the moves surrounding Matthew Libertor as well. One, he deserved to be called up and you're going to have a long stretch of games, So going with the six man rotation makes sense. But also, two, he has performed well against the Brewers. He did that last night. It was almost identical to his mm-hmm. stat line last year against the Brewers as well. So that made sense. Adam Wainwright in his career, has done well against the Dodgers. In 19 lifetime appearances he has a 2.79 ERA and I think that's what we're talking about, right? We want to see if he can get back on track go a little bit deeper into games too because he's a big part of this starting rotation as well and it's success.
4: I still think that if you start a playoff series today that Adam Wainwright if, if it's a best of five, Adam Wainwright's one of your three. Mm. Oh, When Matthew lived to our last night,
5: I'm Throwing him in there too, some kind of way. If he can continue, he's that. one of your top three to start a playoff series. Yeah, Somebody, somebody, got to figure something he, out. He pitched, he pitched very well. He pitched very well <laughs> for his five That's minutes. one, one game, but but still, Flaherty's last time out, he was pretty good. That's the uh, you said three, okay. That's so who's one, your three, two,
4: I, probably Jordan Montgomery. So I don't know, Matt Michaelis or Oat Matt
1: <laughs>
5: or Oat, yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm going yeah. Canadian.
1: Oh, okay. Oot. Yeah. They're oot.
4: Well, we got a long way to
5: go. We got a long way to go. But
1: and then you got to think like, about I, I, I when like Shane Libertor. Bieber gets here, too. Um, oh, just oh. kidding. I'm uh, just kidding. At the trade deadline? I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> <laughs> silly. What's me. wrong was yeah. kidding about that. <laughs> we, we can JK. Kid about that. <laughs> I like Livertour. I liked what
5: I saw last night. Good pop.
1: It's a big good boy.
4: That's. Good that last night was the guy the cardinals traded randy rosarena and jose martinez for
5: you can keep hitters off balance like that going back and forth between 98 and 78
4: mm-hmm. i'll take it eric gagne want a cy young coming out of the bullpen doing that
5: yep it, it works
4: yeah with, the, with that change up now
1: i wonder if he's continuing his forty three hundred a day calorie I hope intake
4: so. i hope so we got to find out about that we got to talk to him about
5: randy, it you want to you want to get his uh meal plan and start yeah I'll,
4: I do. (laughs) I'm thinking about it.
1: I'm sure there's some uh, workouts and other things like that attached to this 4,300 calorie a a day diet. It's a lot of
5: eating, though. I mean, it's like constant eating. Yeah. Every and? every two hours, you have to eat something. It builds metabolism. It, <laughs> it builds metabolism, that, but I think you need to be more active. Otherwise, we're going to have to.
4: I'll get one of those. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get one of those uh, little tiny treadmills to do uh, to it walk on while breaks. I'm on the show. Uh, the show. Well, I, I've was, seen those. Yeah, it'd be do fun. You,
6: if you had one, do you think you'd actually like? sit there for like hours and walk while you like watch tv or like worked on your computer no, okay no chance Can i keep telling myself i should get one of those and that i'll do that and i I've think, I'm lying, I think yeah. I'm lying to myself i yeah. think mm. i'm lying to myself never never
4: happened uh great job today by our producer and audio engineer matthew Rockio. pleasure uh by the way i was the audio engineer for the buzzers in the days so i'm not gonna put that on matthew that was that was all me uh brooke this was fun this was fun Have a happy Friday, Eve, CD. Get you a fall guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, coming up, we've got BKM Ferrario. Hope you enjoy that program as much as we do. And uh, we, until tomorrow morning at 7, wish you'd have have a great day. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.